two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite, and honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign it. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sanhagen, but I I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sanhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. Aljamain Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. Do you hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was, like, a second there where he was like, oh, God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against your man? Nunez, the card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think it's that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring, also. That's possible. Definitely. Boxing. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another, and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's gonna win this fight. He's gonna throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Last time I was so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have him this weekend. I'm just going to let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. He didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So absolutely what's happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it's just like the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RVD Tito for Life. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The Marksman have arrived. Have arrived. You're watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds, uh, episode 22. And uh, tonight we have True Slayer with us. Um, I figured it would be a perfect time to have him in when we're talking about 
you know, this new war that's going on in wrestling, what it all means, maybe reminisce about WCW and WWE and talk about the differences and all sorts of stuff. And I view True Slayer as like a historian that, um, that really knows the history of the business. And so I think he'll really bring in a good conversation tonight. So what's going on, Steven? Dude, I'm doing good. Having this chill night, watching uh, just some kind of random stuff. Watched some Ring of Honor today for Fightful. That was fun for uh, the distraction. So uh, <clears throat> good, good time. But I'm really happy to have Josh here today again. A real OG in the YouTube community, the YouTube wrestling community. For those of you who weren't around back then, these were the two guys, Bill, Bill and Doug and True Slayer. And like, it's a, uh, it's an honor to have you back, man. You, you're a great mind for wrestling. And I really like talking wrestling with you. So this is awesome. I appreciate it. That that means a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know about how well of an historian, but I've, I've lived through a lot. That's for right. sure. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's a lot of it. But, uh, but yeah, this week has been crazy. I, I think I tweeted out uh, on Friday that, you know, Monday was going to, all weekend was going to be crazy, but, but that Monday was going to be like the craziest day ever. And it was the craziest day in a long, long time for sure. So, so, yeah. So I guess we could just jump right into it. Um, like, are we officially at a war now in your guys' opinion? I, me personally, I kind of feel like Arthur Ashe was like signing CM Punk was a big one and all that, but I really feel like, selling that many tickets in new york promote getting the shows that they're getting starting to take away the demographic from monday night raw beating them on 18 to 49 on some some weeks like i really think at this point wwe is starting to be like we've had enough of these guys and they're 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 basically going to try to do whatever they can to hurt them yeah yeah I'm yeah, Josh, go ahead. I yeah, hear yeah. I mean, I think the I think the the, the biggest thing is is that um, this has been wait. This has been something that has been waiting to happen probably since like '06. To be honest, I mean, that, that's how long you have to go back because the the reason why R R R O H listen to me um, A W exists is because A or W W E was not paying attention to R O H. At all, yeah. and there's a bunch of dudes they should have signed in 06, they didn't, and we're basically here. I mean, that, it, them not signing those guys in 06 is why you had that little sliver of when it looked like TNA was going to be really good and yeah. didn't happen. And I think what you're seeing is just finally, after all this time, that. But I, I think the, the biggest thing for me, just, just I did not think AEW was going to win because in anything. Simply because WWE stacked that show so high, um, they had the lead in, they had all of that stuff, and and Tony Khan was just a, pretty much a genius and was like, "I'm just going to put on what I'm going to put on, and whatever happens, happens, and whatever happened, happened." CM Punk got the last laugh. Um, Ruby Soho got the last laugh. I was I was so happy for her because that was that 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 is like the best middle finger of all time right there the fact that they just would not let her do anything did not think anything of her and she beats literally their top one and two draws and the thing about it is is that you had arguably the top three draws in that 30 second in that 30 minutes plus maybe the number five and number seven draw in that whole company and aw1 and that's ridiculous 
in my opinion. So, but yeah, I'm excited. This this is good. This is this is good for everything. For sure. Yeah. And it's like sure. it's, it's like Bill and Doug were right, but it took another twenty years yeah. or so for it <laughs> yeah, to actually that's, that's, that's to actually yeah. But but it, but it's funny because we like, had we, oh, in, my, in our in our defense we had so like much faith in idiots like we didn't understand <laughs> the business side of it right like we just thought if you brought in all this amazing talent that we're seeing and you really gave effort in matches that like that was going to prevail because it was better than what we were seeing on the other side. And then like you would start to see the dumbest business decisions ever. And you're like, Oh my God, like this is, this is going to get bad again. Like, like, and then at that point we basically accepted the fact that like, no matter what company comes out, it's all going to get bad eventually because in pro wrestling, I guess that's just what happens. Like it just goes to crap eventually. Right. Which, I mean, it's kind of been proven in a lot of ways in a lot of different companies. But, like, that one to me was, like, that was our only hope. And then it didn't work. And then, like, ROH got some buzz and all that. But then it was just, like, you were accepting the fact that, like, I'm just happy there's an alternative that I can watch. And it doesn't have to be uber successful. I just have something I can watch on the weekends besides WWE, right? So, AEW has just it's just changed wrestling in so many ways. I mean, imagine like, I know this is all hypothetical, but like, imagine that ring of honor that like NXT never comes around and like ring of honor just kept doing what they were doing that whole time. And like AEW or somebody with money, like Tony Khan or something like ring of honor was well on their way to like kind of being what AEW wound up becoming, but they just didn't do the right moves to make it happen or have like a Tony Khan behind it. But like I think it's been proven that like Ring of Honor's like blueprint from back then and like they they kind of set the blueprint for like everything we're seeing right now in a lot of ways. For sure. Well, yeah, but, and, and and I would I would say if you take like Gabe Skabolski, who is you know the thing about yeah. Ring of Honor, um, you know, he basically took if you watch and you kind of read between the lines, probably what ECW was going to eventually become. Because it's, I think it was evident to Heyman that the hardcore stuff, while it would draw, eventually you were going to have to do something different. Because like you were saying, eventually everything gets bad. I would yep. point to, and it's funny, because I would point to Jerry Jarrett. Because Jerry Jarrett promoted for forever and did fine. And, and, and went through, you know, I mean, to the point where he ended up working for Vince McMahon, where Memphis was the was the developmental for WWE. And he was the guy that if Vince McMahon had gone to jail, they were going to bring in to run WWE. Um, And so, and it's weird that, you know, he's the guy that started TNA. Eventually he got pushed out, but you know, that's, that's, that's a guy that like when he went into the observer hall of fame, I thought it was way overdue because he was a guy that just, he survived. He was a survivor. If you look back and you listen to like people talk about like the old promoters, and the way that they thought um it's so much of like what ww doesn't do like changing yeah. the card at the last minute not giving what they promise giving you shit finishes all the time sorry about that giving you that crap okay. finishes <laughs> all, just, all just the, the f word and we'll be all right all right <laughs> um all the time i mean we saw that like i don't watch 
Raw, but but the fact that you had the ending of Raw be what the ending of Raw was with a DQ finish on a match that had gone like 20 something minutes is ridiculous. Why would you want to watch that if if yeah. nobody is ever going to be like elevated? And so I think that's kind of what you've seen. And, and Gabe Skopolsky got burnt out. There's no question about that. If you follow like like you, I saw that you just watched the very first Ring of Honor show and. That's kind of what I was like. If if in 06, if WWE had signed Brian Danielson, they had already pretty much CM Punk. Uh, they had gotten Christopher Daniels and Samoa Joe had got had seen. Hey, let's take AJ Styles. And of those guys, said we're going to push these guys. We they, they may not be what we think of as stars, but we're going to push these guys. And in five years, two of these guys will main event WrestleMania. We're looking at a completely different spectrum when it comes to pro wrestling because WWE wouldn't be so far behind. Yeah, I, I remember too hearing stories about like them coming to John Cena back around the time they were starting his like mega push and and pitching guys like James Storm and like guys like Samoa Joe and whatnot. And he was like, We create our own stars here. And it's like that probably just put a kibosh on like an entire generation of talent from from you know, excelling or even getting signed to the WWE at that point because they were so set in their own ways of making, you know, Luther Reigns's and, and Snitsky's and stuff like that. Well, don't you think also, Josh, that like, yes, the 2006 ROH time, if the WWE would have capitalized on it, that would have been huge. But I also think if they had capitalized just on signing the TNA established guys too, because it was like they wouldn't go anywhere near those guys either. And it was like, why? Like if an AJ Styles became available or Robert Rudin is prime, even James Storm, like you could have used a lot of these guys. Apparently and, Abyss turned it down for Undertaker. Right. Well, so there you go. But I mean, wow. there was, I feel like that it, it was like, basically there was a forbidden door. They didn't open it. And then if you were actually going to sign these guys, they weren't good enough to be in their big company they had to create a lower end company, an indie style WWE for them to be able to sign them, which is just ridiculous. And I think that that's the big thing with AEW is like they're welcoming in Daniel Garcia, Lee Moriarty, Wheeler Yuta, like guys that are already indie guys that are stars in the making for sure. And they're putting them in there with CM Punk and Sting and you name it, right? John Moxley. Like, I think that that's a huge thing. And what I love about AEW so much is it's just become pro wrestling in general, right? You watch GCW, you watch Ring of Honor, you watch Impact. You can see anybody pop up at any time. So it's not like Vince is just taking on WWE. I feel like Vince is taking on pro wrestling. And that's a huge – New Japan as well – and that's a huge undertaking for someone like Vince who doesn't really understand pro wrestling. And like the fan base has been created for a long time. They just needed somewhere to go. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. I, I, I one of the things that, and I think this was like, people should go back. Cause I know it's on YouTube. Um, the, the rant that Dave Meltzer went on this morning about WWE yeah. And about oh, the fact good. that, and I've, I've heard him talk about this before, and I've also heard other people talk about this before, that really when you're booking, you need to look like five years in advance. Um, you know, WWE is like stuck in now, 
when you look at like AEW, you look at the fact that it's the it's the indie guys that we saw could work going back to 06. It's the fact when people talk about the fact that now, like when the when the faction warfare was going on and there was all the the craziness, everyone was complaining because oh my god, all these factions. There were those of us that were like, just wait, because this is the thing, is that in Japan this works. And especially if you look at like Dragon Gate, where it's all about factions and it's all about really their big title is their six-man title. The fact that we, you could see that, okay, we're going to get a six-man t- championship. And that's going to free up even more stuff for TV where you're not having to go through like WWE does going through matches. You can have the guys that are going to have the matches and matches. They can face each other. They may even pin each other in a tag match but you're not going to go through that exact match and you're going to get something different when they finally go their way. And I think there's that there's the fact that you can tell he's learned like from early two thousands, new Japan, when they were doing the Enochism and the, the MMA guys and bringing and the wrong way to use the MMA guys. And you're now seeing that they, he gets how to use MMA guys the right way. And it's just learning from all of that and realizing that, like for the first time, Dave talked about GCW and the fact that you know yeah. that's something you should be watching because I would say, even though I'm not the biggest GCW fan, that's where your future stars are coming from, even before they get to PWG. That's yep. where they're coming from. That's where, if you want to see where these guys are, that's where you need to be looking. And you look at a Daniel Garcia, you look at a Lee Moriarty, the fact that they signed them before they even got to like a PWG says a lot and the fact that they are looking for the future because i would say if you really look at like the pillars of AEW, it really is daniels samoa joe cm punk and um brian danielson those are really the pillars that is what the idea of, e- of AEW was built on and right. then you get to the four pillars now and now you can already see they're building for towards Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia and probably 10 as well. And then whoever else to be the next set of guys five years from now. And that's how, that's how you have to do it. And the fact that you can just see that going on because NXT became so stale because so many guys were there for so long and they weren't being brought up when NXT was at its best is when guys would be in NXT for like a year and then would be brought up. And then they would bring somebody else in to replace those guys while the, the guys they were actually training the guys they were actually bringing up to train themselves were there, you know, maybe not getting the top spots, but getting spots enough to where they were actually learning. And then it just became the super indie. And well, and the that, thing that I think that <laughs> extremely hurt NXT was how the wrestlers were treated once they were called up, because then it was like, yeah. there is no hope. Right. Like the whole goal was to bring in future stars and then you're bringing in guys that we've seen become stars in NXT and you're absolutely destroying them. So then it became like, well, I don't want you to get called up. So I want you to be here. But like, I don't really want you to be here either because this is getting old and stale. Like, what do you think, Steven? Well, yeah, I mean it was really telling when the wrestlers themselves were like, don't call me up. Like, I just want to be an yeah. NXT wrestler. <laughs> like, I know, I know I've, I know I've lived my entire life watching WWF raw and like, you know, wanted the boyhood dream of being like Shawn Michaels and looking at that belt and everything. 
And over time, it's like once they see how the meat is made, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, this is actually, I don't really care about this as much as I thought I did. Um, and then over on AEW, and we've talked about this before, why another reason why NXT has been such a, uh, like why they had to completely change everything about it now is because these indie wrestlers were talking about like Moriarty, Garcia, Wheeler, Yuta, those kind of guys had either been overlooked by the WWE, like had tryouts and the WWE just wasn't interested or they were, some of them were actually, some. there's some wrestlers that me and Doug have talked about where like they were, I know they straight up, they were offered WWE contracts and they were like, oh, I'm going to wait to see how it works out with AEW first. Like they're actively choosing not to go into that system because of all the stuff we're talking about. But AEW on the flip side, they're taking wrestlers that are still years away from their prime and letting them learn and get better in like on the job. And that's yep. so much better. Cause if like, if you're green and you can't cut it, like it'll be apparent pretty quickly and you probably just won't get signed or they'll, you know, you'll spend more time in the Indies or whatever, or you have all these relationships with all these companies. Now, like you can send someone to like impact or send someone to ring of honor or send somewhere to L- MLW, even if they're under your contract. So there's just so many options, but I, I just love how, like you were saying, Josh, it's like they they have their eyes on like IWTV and like and all this kind of stuff because they're they're seeing these guys and going, okay, in like three to five years, that guy's gonna be really, 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 really good. So let's just start putting him on TV now. Like no one's expecting Lee Moriarty to be the AEW World Champion in a year or two, but in like three to five years, like who knows? You know what I mean? Like, so that, I, well, what I love too is like you, you do have the option to bring in Nick Gage for a storyline with Chris Jericho. You do have an option to bring in Jeff Cobb if you wanted to on, you know, like you can bring in Suzuki, like, but these guys don't have to be signed long-term with their licensing deals and distribution, all this bull crap. Like WWE basically was like, if they're not going to sign a deal with us, then we're not going to do anything with them. And it's like that that doesn't necessarily have to be. And what's crazy is John Moxley is the GCW champion right now. You know what I mean? So it's like, any, it, like I said, it just it glues it all together. And honestly, I think it would be way, way more crazy without the like if the pandemic stuff wasn't going on. I think New Japan would probably be a big factor into this. Well, not only that, but if you go back and look at like when they did the uh, the, the uh, well, Zack Saber Jr. and Abushi, yeah. um, when they were both like you know like a year after they turned down those WWE contracts, and we're like, we made the right choice, you yeah. know, and that's that just tells you right there where where everything is, and it goes back like you were talking about NXT and them not using those guys. Think back to like Tough Enough. And the, the people would win that, and either you would never see them again because it wasn't the person they wanted to win, or right. they would bring them up, they would give up on them, and then it would be like, okay, that was a waste. And so that was the problem with Tough Enough is because I can remember the first season and people really excited because they were like, this is going to be cool. Guy's going to come up. Maybe he won't be like a star, but they'll have to use him because you know they got so much money invested. And it was like, eh. And then yeah. you had the. Dude, they also had- swerved us in season two when that Jake dude, who actually looked like a wrestler, got beat out by those two women, and everyone was like, 
wait a second, like it's you two girls can win. You never even brought this up this entire time. Right, right. It was almost <laughs> like can girls even wrestle at that point? Like it would like they hardly right. ever used them. Yeah. You know, right. and then and I'm pretty sure Kenny King was on that season yeah. as well. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, wrong guy, <laughs> you know, like what a what a mess. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I, I had to bring that up because that's what soured me on me on the show was like that swerve sucked. Like, like right. they weren't even good wrestlers or anything. But whatever. Well, and then it became like SmackDown segments with like Pewter and The Miz and all these they, type of people. They just it just became that, and they wanted The Miz to win so bad the whole time. Yeah. And and Pewter, who I mean, was the guy that probably should have won, mm-hmm. especially, yeah. especially especially when especially over uh, yeah angle <laughs> what he yeah. did over angle the, the angle it's thing like, it's is, like yeah. it's like it's like but they were like okay now we got to punish the guy because that's the way yeah. they think. They don't yep. think any, they don't think they have, you know, you, we, and part of that is because Vince McMahon is, and it's to a fault. He's like this. I have to run everything. He has to micromanage everything. And for a long time that worked, but there comes a point where the business passes you by and you have to realize, yep. you know what? I need somebody to help. And he's never trusted anybody yep. long enough to help. I, I, I think he, if, if Heyman hadn't shot himself in the foot, I think he would have trusted Heyman to do that. But because Heyman shot himself in the foot with Stephanie, I think that went out the door. So, but it's, it's, it's I absolutely I kind of feel crazy. like with Heyman, though, it's always going to be like, just in the back of his mind, like, yeah, you know, you, you're, right. you're, you're Paul Lee, you know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day. And I feel like if, let's say that all of a sudden things really flipped and it got so much better, like, there's no way that he's going to want Paul Lee to get that credit. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that he's such an egomaniac, Vince is. And I, I just I, – I, I don't know, man. I, I I just feel like Tony Khan is his absolute worst possible scenario that, that could have came along. And uh, that, we'll go into Super Chat with Brandon because uh, it kind of goes with this. He's like, thoughts on Tony Khan tweets lately calling out WWE and hyping this company. I think it's great, and I don't understand the hate. He's drawing more eyes. Thanks for the super chat, Brandon. I appreciate it, man. What do you What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I I personally have no problem with it. Like, I the love guy's, it. yeah, so, the guy's confident yeah. in the company. Like, he's not really going out there and like lying about stuff. He just he's and he's promoting his own show, and they're counteracting moves that WWE's making at the end of the day. Like, they're the ones choosing to go head to head with with AEW in these scenarios. What's Tony Khan supposed to do? He's a competitive guy. He's involved in like legitimate sports and stuff. Like he's not going to just sit there and let his company just get just run over by this these guys. And and uh, you brought it up earlier, Josh. Like he just kind of sat back and was like, "We don't even pay attention to what they do. Like we just do our show. Our rampage isn't going to be any different this week because of this happening. And if you want to watch the show, watch your wrestling. That was his big thing over the last couple weeks. WYW, watch your wrestling. Just." Like we don't care if you don't like it or not. Like so, yeah, man. I also I, think I, I if Tony, Tony I also think if Tony is one of us, like a longtime wrestling fan, he, he's a little pissed at Vince himself, right? Like you, you've got to be. Yeah. And so it's like, imagine the feelings that we have for Vince McMahon, and now this dude keeps messing with us. He keeps poking the bear. Like at some point, you've got to be like, yo, dude. Like, I will take you out if I have to. Like, not saying that he's going to, but just in your mind, you're like, don't mess with me, dude, because I've watched your crap for like 30 years 
and I know your weaknesses and I know how terrible your stuff is and I will expose you and I will go after you. And by the way, I have more money than you, you know, like I, I, I would, I, if that was me, like, man, I would be ready to go. Let's go Vince. I've had enough. Well, no, that but you're talking, and this is what I always say to anybody. I know I'm not the only one that says this. If you get upset about those tweets, never go back and watch old ECW stuff no. ever. <laughs> ever yeah, because sure. they were ripping on WWE who they were partners with they were written yep. ripping on WCW when they were partners with WCW they were ripping on everybody all the time because and that was one of the things that someone that lived through that was so awesome about it because it was just in your face right there I don't see anything wrong with it especially when it's like he's reacting to something they do it's not yeah. like he's on Twitter 24-7 talking about, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Like when he did that interview last week, I think it was last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, where he was just like, did you watch Raw? It sucked. That was like the, that's like, that's, you know, I mean, absolutely. And one of the things that it says is that he is at least paying attention to them, which is what you kind of should do because what you don't want to do, and this is something that TNA did, this is something WCW did, this is something WWE has done, where you're not paying attention to what your competitors are doing. And so then you start doing the same things that they're doing. And the fans are just like, like with screwy finishes, you start doing the exact same finishes. Like, yeah. you know, like when WWE started getting really heavy and the screw job finishes, New Japan was doing the exact same thing. And so it made it New Japan doing that so much worse because it was like, you expect that from WWE. You don't expect it from New Japan. And it just made it so yeah. much worse. And so I, I, I'm sure some people would be like, ah, don't worry about it. And I'm like, no, you need to know what they're doing. You need to know the angles that they're doing. You need to be aware of what they're doing. So you're not also doing the exact same angle. And people are like, get stuff confused because that's really easy if you're watching a lot of stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I do not. I, I think that's I love that he does that because that's exactly what he should be doing. And I think, you know, you guys brought up you brought up um, Arthur Ashe. The thing with yeah. Arthur Ashe that I think, and I think there's more to this than the, than what maybe we know, is I think Fox probably isn't all too happy with WWE um, yeah. just because of the money they spent. Not so much that they're yeah. – that, that they, I think they now feel like they overpaid. I think yeah. Madison Square Garden is pissed because Arthur Ashe just did all of this business that they haven't done in forever. Um, and then Tony Khan's basically said, eh, we don't need Madison Square Garden, Right. So I think it's not just Vince. I think you also have Vince's partners. And as much as the variety piece, I think, pissed them off, that um, sports business journal piece, that that ad that, that Arthur Ashe put in that, I think that was an even bigger deal because that's the people that they're really competing against as far as eyeballs. And to be like, oh, wait, why are they doing this? Why is Arthur Ashe doing this for these guys? Um, I think there's a lot of layers to this that we really, that, that we will never know, but I think there's a lot going into it. And I definitely think that December, what is it? December 10th. Is that when they're going to be in LA that the, the Fox yeah. executive show, Yeah, that show is going to say a whole lot because what they put and what they don't put on that show. And the fact that they canceled the, the December pay-per-view, if that show is basically a pay-per-view on TV, that's going to say so much about, like, just the relationship with Fox, what they felt like they needed to do with the Fox executives there. 
Um, I'm sure we'll hear more and more about it as we get closer to it. But, you know, I, I think that's – and also the fact that Tony Khan won. If you don't think Tony Khan won, the fact that now when when SmackDown's getting preempted again, we're getting talking smack. We're not getting an hour or 30 yeah. minutes of SmackDown. So, yeah, I think I think there's another layer to the Fox thing too where, like, you know, when – when the when Fox lost the UFC, they were trying to retain a lot of that demographic too because it was like well, we'll get the WWE and like you know like maybe because the UFC is pretty much all eighteen to forty nine demo yeah and all of, and so Fox is like all right well we'll just kind of replace it with SmackDown but now the demographic is moving to a completely different company after like you said they just paid all this money so like not only do they look kind of foolish because. You know, because like they lost the demo that they like they're losing the the key demo as we speak, but like they probably didn't even want to be in the wrestling business to begin with. Like they lost the UFC, now this is happening, and they're spending a lot of money. And it's like, what do we do now? So, and not yeah. only that, like I'm sure that when AEW first came around and they're like telling Fox, like, <laughs> ah, these guys aren't that big of a deal. They're just a, another wrestling company. Look at your impacts. Look at your Ring of Honors. You don't have to worry about anything. And then. They're seeing Arthur Ashe get sold out. They're seeing huge tickets being distributed. They're seeing AEW outsell uh, WWE and tickets in the same market. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, they wanted CM Punk to come back and wrestle. And they basically told them that, like, yeah, CM Punk, he, he's done. He doesn't want to wrestle anymore, you know. Now they're seeing CM Punk be like AEW's top guy. They're seeing those ratings at a nine o'clock when CM Punk debuted at a nine o'clock hour on TNT. Like, there's no way that relationship is great right now. There's you couldn't convince me of that. I feel like that there's definitely some issues there. I, I haven't had a chance to look too into it, but I know Sean Ross app for Fightful has put together something for Fightful Select. It was like a three part song. I, I read some of it, but. I think that was a big gist of it is like there's people talking like I don't think Fox is there's no way Fox is happy right now let's just be let's keep it real like they keep their, what what could you name about what they're doing right now outside of like Roman Reigns is cool like that right. doesn't really give them their investment back at this and point. how cool is Roman Reigns if with Brock Lesnar he's getting out drawn by Ruby Soho and the bunny the bunny I yeah mean, exactly I, I, mean, I mean honestly yeah. and I mean Though that does explain why probably we see so much of the bunny because that's probably something that like none of nobody knew because we don't see the minute by minute is that she maybe actually does draw and and that happens. I mean, that happened in Impact where you know the women would draw and it would be like, well, wait a minute, this makes no sense, but they drew and you so you go with what draws and but yeah, and I also think the other thing is is that. And Vince's mind, because if you look at this, what's the first thing he did? He put he put Evolve of all things on the network to go against. So that tells you that he saw them on the same level as Evolve. And then yeah. it was like, okay, they're bigger than Evolve. Now we'll put them with NXT. Okay, because yeah. he saw them on the same level as NXT. And, and never... the thing is, too, is I think NXT, he thought that that was going to be like the kill shot. That wasn't <laughs> yeah. even going to be like yeah. Evolve was just like. I'm going to hurt them, right? But, like, now I'm going to take my NXT and put it on a USA, give it two hours live, and I'm going to crush them. And every week he got beat. 
Triple Every H is like, week. I got this, Dad. We'll do. I got. Yeah. I got you. Like Triple H <laughs> isn't allowed at Thanksgiving dinner at this point. I yeah, like right. that. That's that's a weird relationship in itself, right now. Triple like H there's going to be all in like four years. And then this is the thing too. Is like <laughs> this is the thing too. Is like I, I people try to downplay AEW so bad, but like just look at WWE's reaction to AEW, and that tells you everything. Like. Why are they trying to run a second, a half hour commercial free during the same time as Rampage? Why are they all of a sudden trying to do talking smack? Why are they slashing ticket prices in half to try to at least match what AEW sold in the same market? Like they're concerned. It's not even a question. Like people just want to act like AEW is just this t-shirt company because it doesn't beat them in the overall ratings because that's what they're programmed to think back in the 90s or the early 2000s but man it's such a different game now it's a worldwide conglomerate against a company that's been around for two years that's that's what a seven a like not even a tenth of its size it's 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 such a ridiculous thing that is it amazes me because you're talking about and Whenever you're dealing with large corporations, they're always going to be slow and sluggish. That's the bad part of bad. But but they have all the money and they've got all the power. That's the that's the offset of it. But the fact that they are so far behind that Vince McMahon, for whatever reason, was like, okay, I'm going to go back to what worked in the '80s. What worked in the '80s didn't work in the in the '90s. You know, yeah. that's what got you. That's what got you in trouble the last time, and then you beat them. And the and one of the issues was when they beat WCW and WCW went went away. It wasn't just that WCW went away. It was that New Japan went in the toilet because of all the stuff that was going on in New Japan. It was the fact that you had All Japan and the Noah split, which hurt both of those companies. They were never as strong as New Jap- as All Japan was together. Um, you know, at the early two thousands. Both AAA and CMLL were strong because the peso was stronger. But as soon as the peso went crashed, they went. He has not had any, like anyone he's ever even had to worry about, watch, pay attention to for so long that then when it was time, um, he's caught with his pants completely down, asleep yeah. at the wheel and asleep at the wheel at the same time. And yeah. he surrounded himself with a bunch of yes men that are just telling him yeah. what he wants to hear which is never good for any company and you're left with this. And the thing is, is that you would think that they would have woken up and figured something out and they didn't by all accounts from raw. Now maybe SmackDown will be different or maybe raw next week will be different because they'll be like, okay, crown jewel is, is, is over with, but I don't believe that. I haven't believed that in forever, but I mean, that's what everybody wants though, is everybody wants WWE to wake up, be good again, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't get is that people want WWE to be good and the fact that it's not sucks. You want the company that is a hundred times bigger than every other wrestling company on the planet to be good and be able to say, oh yeah, you know what that is because they're the brand name for all of pro wrestling. People don't call it pro wrestling. They call it WWE. That's what they think. Yeah. Or WWF. That's what they oh. think of. They don't think of anything else. And it's, it's, it's frustrating as a fan. Dude, it's so embarrassing when, like, there's been girls that I've, like, dated for, like, a short time, and, you know, they know that I'm, like, into wrestling, and then, like, they'll watch Raw on a Monday and, like, text me and be like, 
you like this? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like Wednesdays, like, to, like Wednesday nights. Don't call like, me anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, they're like, they're like, they'll start analyzing it. And I'm just like, oh no, no, no. I that's that's what I. But the, you know, then it's even the conversation of like, well, no, you have this WWF thing or that. It's like, yeah, no, I, I used to really, really, really like it, but like, it's a different thing now. Like, I can't. It's it's really hard to explain. Um, well, I saw a tweet on. I saw a tweet earlier today where it was a kid that said he was 18 years old. And that people do not understand what it's like to be like a young kid liking pro wrestling because you can't talk to about anybody. You're embarrassed by it because it's WWE. It's nothing like what anybody else watches. And now we have AEW that at least, you know, and it's not like AEW is perfect. AEW has flaws, but it's like I can tell people, hey, go watch this and you'll understand what I like. And I was like, that's exactly, exactly the problem right there. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. Well, let me get some super chats. Also, guys, if you're in the chat right now, please hit that like button. I really appreciate it. Um, it's definitely been a great conversation already, and we're, we're just getting started. So please hit that like button. If you guys have any questions that you for sure want answered, send them through the super chat. We'll get them answered. It supports the channel. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. So JM comes in with a huge $30 super chat. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much, JM. I really appreciate that, man. Massive legend. Right. If you you want to um, send an actual question, please do. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Um, We got John. People like Booker T just confirm how butthurt people in WWE are about AEW. AEW didn't bring on the fight, and WWE didn't have to go commercial free on SmackDown. Or have NXT go head to head. So I, I mean, I just really want to. I just want to really quickly about this question. I just want to throw this out because I want to hear y'all's thoughts on, mm-hmm. on all this Booker T stuff. I just want to put this out there. I hope he's not costing any of his students or people he's close with jobs with AEW. I thought about that myself. There's, there's a, a lot, lot of talent. Really a good lot of talent. There. Yeah, yeah, and and I hope he's not burning bridges with the stuff he's saying for their sakes. So. Yeah, and I, I, and I don't, and it makes me nervous that like maybe he's like hurting them, being like, you don't want to go there, you want to go to the WWE, you know what I mean? And it's like, dude, yeah. read the room, you know. Yeah, what I, I just mean? want to throw that out there. That's what I think of the first time because whether or not I agree with Booker G's opinion, who really cares at the end of the day? But like, I. I see that, and that's what I, I think of, like, Mysterious Q and, like, those guys. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Mysterious man, Q, know. Brian Keith, yeah. Roxy, Gino Medina. Like, there's a lot of really good yeah. people from Booker School. Rachel Rose. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely hope that it's not hurting their chances. Overall, though, I don't understand. Like, like again, it's, it's like they take it personal. Like, they're in the fight. Like, when Tony Khan says something, they are taking it personal. Right. And like, I don't understand, especially when he's now supposed to be a little bit more unbiased when he likes to do his own podcast and all that stuff that's not actually linked to the WWE. Like, why does it bother you? Why is Eric Bischoff being like, Tony Khan, <laughs> shut up and wrestle? Like, what What are you talking about? Like, I thought he was like on WWE's side, or sorry, AEW's side on like all of this up until he's like they got him as a baby face on Roads to the Top. You know, he's giving the Cody life advice, like, and 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 he's over here being like, "You're not even competing." Like, he's so stuck on the ratings too. Like all these people that were involved in this wrestling war, it was just ratings, 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 and now. Demos mean something. Streaming means something. DVR means something. Like, there's just a lot that's involved. Well, it's so much bigger than that. It's funny you mention that because I remember 
the ratings would come out on on like you know whenever they would come out during that period the yeah. demo was always with the rating and right. and but nobody focused on it it was just a, you would get the number you would yep. get the other little number and it was like it was like okay and that was the and and it was always that way and i so i always find it funny i always find him weird anyways i i definitely think he is not as bad as Cornette, but i definitely think he's he's in that let me make money off of the anti aew anti dave Meltzer crowd and let's 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 try to get money from that because honestly like when i've listened to his podcast there's there's some good stuff on there but there's you could there's definitely like Jarrett's podcast is so much better than <laughs> than than you know um than his and um it's it's always amazing but you were talking about booker t i wonder if if booker t because of so many of his people have, have gone to wwe if he gets a finder's fee and if yeah. maybe that's why that's because you know that's hurt in his pocket because you know tony khan's not gonna give him that so i've never even thought about that but like that i mean that would make sense like if you wanted to sway someone's decision if you're getting paid based on where they're headed well this is all uh yeah yeah this is all i'm not reporting anything if that's the case like brian myers is getting a fee or a finder's fee from aw getting statland not just mjf not just him but freaking brit brit's on like you know, she's been like recommended people, so yeah. I mean, that's, that's but yeah, it, it does. It does. It, it's like whenever AEW gets some big momentum, Booker tries to throw ice all over it, like just oh, I just don't, I don't, you know. And it's like, yo, dude, like it, it, it does almost seem like he does have some type of motive to do that, whatever dude, motive that is. He is somehow like super blinded by that company. Like I saw him tweet the other day, some big thing. It was like. Like the most, the least self-aware. Either, either the, either he was trolling or it was the least self-aware thing he might have ever said. He's like, "What match finish definitely had the wrong outcome at WrestleMania or something like that." And I was like, "Is he talking about himself or Triple H right now?" <laughs> like, like, why would he ask this question? But he's like, like the biggest <laughs> defender. He's like the yeah, biggest defender of that and, finish. And that's what I'm talking. That's what I'm saying. It's like he doesn't even see the problem in any of that. <laughs> it's like <laughs> read the room, man. Like. <laughs> You you could argue that that finish bothers people almost as much as like Kofi and Brock. Like it yeah. really pissed a lot of people off. And like he's just like, I think it was good business. I think it was the right decision. And people are just like, what? You must take like a real like. You must have like a lot of pride in the fact that he was like the only one from WCW that they picked up that like made it. Like yeah. that has to be like you know what I mean like. I I don't uh, I don't get it. I've yeah. never gotten it because, like you <laughs> like you guys said, he defends them, and of all of anyone who should not be defending WWE, he should be the one because right. I mean they should have been like, here, here's the belt, go and run with it because he was so good in that program before that program fell off the rails and they did their stupid WWE crap. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then he was never treated well after that either. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. And 
TNA. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's why he was like, eh, I'll go to TNA make some money. I mean, that's... Because it's the funny thing is, it's like he totally looked at TNA as a step down. Like, he went there, right. and it wasn't like... Like, to me, like, Christian wanted to, like, prove himself. Like, Booker was kind of like, oh, I'll give this TNA thing a shot, whatever. And as soon as he was done, he's like, I'm going back to the WWE, right. the real place, you know? And I feel like that's how a lot of people think AEW is, too. And you'll hear that when guys leave, like they're like, oh, you know, when Aleister Black leaves, he'll be back. Like he didn't burn any bridges. He'll definitely be back. Like you don't understand when they feel that backstage vibe, when they get to go out there and be creative and not be like overtaken by one guy that's like completely out of touch. Like they don't want to come back. They're not coming back. You know what I mean? Like people are people. I really feel like Vince has done a fantastic job of training people of like what pro wrestling is when it's not, but that's what people's mindset thinks. They think that you, you do have to have DQ finishes and why would you have a guy lose and like all sorts of different things that are terrible about sports entertainment, but people think it's like, the blueprint on how you run a wrestling company and anything that goes against it. People are like, well, why would you do that? Like, that makes no sense. Why are there rankings? Why are there people that like, you just had one of your best guys get beat, but yeah, he went through hell. He got his ass kicked, but he looked like a strong contender and Tony protects so many people. There's very few people that you watch after that loss and you're just like, oh man, they are so done. Dude, like, Daniel Garcia is like three and ten or something record. And like right. no one cares. Because no one cares. Great. Yeah. And like a, a Miro, right? Like Miro looked fantastic in that title reign of the TNT title. When he lost, it, it didn't look like like, oh man, he's finished. It's over. And then he comes out with a fire promo blaming God. And then, like, you believe that this guy is ready to destroy everybody. And it didn't hurt anything, right? So that's the difference. And, and, and that's another thing, too, is I think absence does make the heart grow fonder. And I think what happens with a lot of guys is, like, they get in big programs and then they just kind of go away. And in the WWE, it's like, okay, who can we book him with next? And then they book him with these people and you see them every single week. So when you were seeing them as champion, it was like, wow, they're the champ. They're over. They're a star. And then it's like, oh, they're in mid-card city now. And by by a couple of months of that, you're like, I'm bored of this guy. I don't even think he's that good anymore. And it's that's not what even happens. It's not even that they're in mid-card city. It's the fact that when you're in mid-card city, all you're doing is trading wins. That's it. No one, the, like, like it's not even like you win three and then maybe you lose three. Like, like that would make sense. Like that would that to me would be better booking 50-50. But instead it's like you just start trading wins with people and that that doesn't work at all. Like when, when the draft was over, like I was like, this is stupid because WWE, this big giant company, can't even put five what I would call like what people would say, yes, those are main eventers on both brands. They might have six in the entire company, and that's so ass backwards that it it boggles the mind. When you look at like, you can look at AW, but also look at like New Japan. Even with the dire straits New Japan is in, they still have like six guys at any time that they can just flip a switch 
and give the belt to, and everyone would completely understand and not have a problem with it. Um, yeah. And that's the way it should be. And it's just. Well, and I've, I've, I've talked about this with Steven and like, like to me, the only guy that you could have really like, if you built up right and maybe heading into WrestleMania would look like a real threat to Roman was Big E. And I feel like that they just totally jumped the gun. They gave him the title. It is what it is. So like if, if Roman isn't facing the rock, right. Which was what the rumor was. And if he's not facing him and to me, Brock and him, I mean, we're talking Survivor Series. We're talking WrestleMania. They have nothing else. Like, I, 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 and I, I, the only way I can see it is like maybe they flip it to where Roman was the heel here, but then he'll be the heel by or the face by WrestleMania or something like that. But, like, they have not built any legit, believable contenders that could beat Roman right now. No, any of the ones that they potentially could have are all probably in AEW now. So, like, it's, you know... Or I know like, that way. <laughs> or yeah. we'll be there soon. Or we'll so. be there soon, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I think, for instance, I think Kevin Steen, that was a gigantic miss by the WWE. Like, they could have really made him, like, the, the, the big heel kind of foil to, like, John Cena and, like, Roman and those guys. And they just... They, they stopped and started and stopped. And then before you know it, he's 50-50 against everyone he feuds with. And he's just, just like everybody else. And yeah, it's, uh, it's sad. Even my brother who, you know, only watches wrestling when he's around me, he's definitely not a fan, but like, you know, he sees a lot because he's around a lot. And I was telling him on Thursday, I was like the middle of the day, they're doing another one of those Saudi shows and it's Brock and Roman. My brother was like, I feel like I've seen that like four or five times myself. Like he doesn't even watch wrestling. But it's like that's the only thing they can keep going back to, like you said. It's just and and Brock is so part time, and his thing's always the same. It's like come back, win the title, lose it at WrestleMania, disappear for a year. Yeah, and that helps nobody at this point. Like, there's no beating Brock Lesnar. You don't really get elevated now by doing that, like because everyone's so in the same spot. So now I hear everybody talking about Braun Breaker, uh, who I don't know why they don't just call him, you know. Rex Steiner, um, you know, but and now he seems to be the big thing. They're like, maybe he'll beat Roman one day. And it's like, maybe Gable Steveson will do it. And it's like, that's such a wild card. Maybe Omos will do it. Oh, yeah. Have fun with that. You know, like, I mean, they're, they're, it just feels like no matter what, they just have no options. Like, I love that they've created an outlier in Roman Reigns. Like, they have made somebody who stands above everyone else. But there is nobody in sight that you could think could believably beat him just straight up one-on-one -on -one with no bullshit, you know? Yeah. All right. With you. All right. Another super chat. Uh, Michael Jung. Thank you, man. And hell of a game on uh, Sunday. There was a thrill ride. We went into overtime. Cowboys got the dub, but respect your squad. It was a, it was an Same. unbelievable game. Same here. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We both uh, <laughs> yeah. good stuff. Yeah. And then we're playing each other uh, next week. So yeah. Next week, we're going to be talking trash. No, I was kidding. Um, so out of the current roster in WWE, who are the top five talents you would like to see AEW acquire in the future? Congrats on the win, Doug. Great game. Appreciate it, Michael. Um, I mean, I think we all want Kevin Steen, right? For like, sure. I think that that's a given. If we if you get Sami Zayn, is it El Generico? Yeah. Do you think that? Or do you think it's going to be uh, a version of Sami Remy? Zayn, but just an Remy? AEW? Maybe he'll, just go by, maybe he'll just go by his real name. Right. Um, I think you could definitely. The thing with that is, is I think it would be better if 
you kind of have him not show up as El Generico and then eventually don the mask for some reason. I think yeah. that's a better because people will want it and and that. But I mean, that's I mean, that's pay per view right there. That's a that's yeah. a casino battle royal yes. moment or something. Yeah. Well, you know? it's like it's like Cody putting on the mask now, which yeah. I think is a complete waste because that's yeah. something you could do so far down the line and it would be so great. And I'm, I'm sure they're doing it for fun. And but I just I just feel like it's a waste to do it now. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think Steen, um, Sami Zayn, I think that's those are the big ones. Uh, Finn Balor would be a yeah, big one. Yeah. Um, I, w- I want Ricochet. I know that there's other yeah. people that are like him, but I don't think that there's anybody as good as he is at what he does. Like, I, I think him and AEW would be incredible. I'll, he is I'll a, definitely, I'll throw on AJ Styles and Cesaro too. Uh, AJ Styles for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. Just and, and to me, like I don't even think you need AJ for a full year. And you just need to let him have a, a, a huge match with Kenny. And I think it would be fire. Like the build up everything, I think that, that would be unbelievable. See, I think you do AJ and Kenny, you have Kenny win, and then after that is when you would have Prince Devitt come in. Yeah. And that would that would be if you could if you could book it perfectly, that's how you would book it. Um, so, but I would throw, uh, I would throw Riddle in there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I think I would be a fan of that. Um, I'm sure some people wouldn't, but I, I would definitely be a big fan of that. I, I just, there's so many guys. I think if you, if you wait till the observer awards come out and you look at all of those names that are on the, you know, underrated list, yeah, oh, WWE, yeah. all of the, any, anyone that's probably on that list is just who you'd want to see. Kyle O'Reilly. So, yeah, yeah. Especially, I, I say, especially with the undisputed era basically being an AEW, I think that would be cool to have like a feud with the elite or something like that. Just because it is the NXT versus AEW, and you actually get that, you know what I mean? Notice how well, we it, just went through the entire ROH roster from the time we were talking about. Earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I, that's what I was talking about before. Is that if they had been paying attention at the time yep. and had not looked at that as like ah, they're all too small and they're all too this and they're all they're all to that, you know, where would we, you know, where would you be now? You'd you notice a- too how we didn't say Seth Rollins because right. I, I just think we just accept the fact that he's a WWE guy. Like he oh, just, yeah. it is what it is. Like he's one of the only ones that I know that is like really embraced the WWE out of like all the guys that we mentioned, you know what I mean? And we didn't even say Nakamura. I was a big Nakamura mark. Like I'd still like to see him in AEW if he was like not doing just kind of the everyone says if he he could just, go. he's just there. If he could go. If, yeah. if he if he if if he could physically could go, I think that's the that's that's the issue. Cause because his whole thing is he can't be like a Suzuki who can just do a little bit and then be a lot. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not how his character kind of is. So he gave he gave Brian Danielson a lot. Oh, oh my god! Yeah. I was I would, like, oh god, he's out. He's out. Oh, <laughs> if you've not seen the Garcia match, you need to go see the Garcia match. That's great. He beat he beat the living hell and loved every minute of it. Like halfway through that match, he started smiling that that real smile, not that evil like I'm a Suzuki smile. Like oh, I'm having fun now. Smile. 
and that this kid can take it, and this is awesome. And it was so good. He was even smiling when, like, Garcia was trying to put him in submission holds. He's like, come on, man. Like, you're not going to submit me. Like, I'm Minoru Suzuki. Um, And by the way, I got into Shinsuke Nakamura mainly from watching your videos back in the day. So want to throw that go. out there because yeah josh uh, josh was oh yeah pulling. chad gable but see we, we yeah. forget yeah. about chad gable we forget that, <laughs> that would, i think that would be a very nice undercover piece where people would watch him and be booked correctly and they would be like oh my god this guy's really good like we had no idea you know what i mean like i think that that's actually a really good one yeah um, so appreciate it, chase um I, I can't believe I thought he was your cousin. I don't know what I was what I was thinking there. <laughs> I, I, I could see it. I could because he okay. was like he's so much younger than than any of the rest of us that it's yeah it's, that it would be easy. And he was hanging around the whole time. So right, right. Um, this is one of those that's kind of difficult to do, but we'll just do our best. Well, maybe each one of us will pick one out of each company or something. Um, cool. Appreciate Kogan. Thank you so much. Uh, off the top of your head, number one favorite match from WWE, WCW, ECW, TNA, ROH, New Japan, and AEW. This should be fun. Um, you guys pick a company and, and and tell me which one you want to go with. Right, you go first, I'll, say my, I'll say my New Japan one, and I I have recency bias for the most part because I'm not like deep into the archives. But a match that I just I can't get over is. Um, Osprey and Shingo best of super junior finals. Like I love that match so much. And I also really love Osprey and Marty scroll as Sakurai Genesis, where he like busts his head on the, the apron. Like that. I love those two matches, but I mean, of course there's Omega and Okada and all that good stuff, but. So sorry, Josh, um, one. I can probably, I can probably do all of these actually. Cause hey, go WWF is easy. That's Austin and Brett. Without question, uh, WCW would be um, War Games '92. Um, ECW is the tag match with uh, uh, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, uh, Hayabusa, and Hakushi. Um, That's like T- Wave '98 or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. yeah. That, that whole show is awesome. That's like the best. Yeah. Show. If whoever wants to see ECW, that's the best. That show lasts the best. Um, TNA is the three way. Um, ROH. Yeah, ROH is is still the uh, Dragon the uh, Dragon Gate Six Man, the first one. That's just I can go back and watch that over and over and over again. Um, New Japan. So I'm not the biggest like longtime New Japan fan. So really, it really is uh, the third uh, Kenny and Okada match, bar none. And then um, AEW. Um, really, it's the my favorite. <laughs> I guess it really, I think it's this to me, it's because it, it was, I had so low expectations for it. It's the street fight with, um, proud and powerful and best friends. Cause I yeah, had so wow. much, I, I had so like my expectations were so low for it that now wow. I think it's going to get blown out of Dude. the way. in the next year, I think, I think we're going to have yeah. some crazy stuff because I'm not as big on the, FTR Young Bucks match as a lot of people are. I, I I it's like great, but it's not like something that I think it's like uber elite. I think it's elite, but I don't think it's like uber elite tag match. So. I think if it was FTR and Young Bucks and with a huge crowd though, I think that that could have been a big difference too. Right, I think right. that definitely hurt it. 
Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, probably AEW, I'm going to have to do Revolution, Young Bucks versus Kenny and Adam Page. I think I'm that's the say. best match. That that one really was huge for me. Um, yeah. Honestly, AEW, I've got the same thing as you, Josh. I love that street fight. That was incredible. Because there was a guy, there was good storytelling, too, because, like, Orange Cassidy, like, popped out to help them at the end. And, like, the finish was brutal. Them doing the moves, like, on, like, the hood of oh, the yeah. car and everything. I mean, like, I uh, I love I loved that match. So that's actually my AEW one as well. Um I'd have to think about some of these other ones, but like WCW, probably Guerrero Mysterio, Halloween Havoc. Um, ROH, man, I loved, I don't know how it hold up because I haven't seen it in so long, but I love Davey Richards versus Tyler Black. Um, yeah. It uh, was like one of the first eye pay per views. Death um, Before Dishonor, I, believe I think it was I think that was in it. Canada. Amazing. I think so. Because I remember ordering that in college and being like, like that was so because I had been out of Ring of Honor for a few years at that point. I was like, oh, they're doing this kind of stuff now, like all the false finishes and stuff. I I, I love that match. TNA's gotta be the the triple threat. Yeah. Um man, WWE. You know another undercover like one of my absolute favorites in TNA though was the um Kurt Angle, AJ Styles last man standing match or whatever they had. It was like at yeah. uh hardcore justice or hard ju- hard justice. <laughs> That match is unbelievable. It's so good. The, another Ring of Honor one, definitely uh, Kabashi and Joe. That one also. That, that one might. That one might be my favorite of all time. Um, WWE is tough because there's just so much. I honestly, it's cliche, but like Undertaker, Sean, their first one at WrestleMania, like that's that's way up there for me. When like I thought like he might actually when the streak mattered and all that right. stuff. And you were you went to the Mania too, right, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that was crazy because everybody, yeah. like, but halfway through the match, like, everyone was, like, just kind of like, oh, this is nice. And then yep. and it was really before the pop-up, but everyone was like, wow, this is, like, really good. And then the pop-up. I ended up, good. like, hugging people that I didn't know. <laughs> I was high-fiving. Like, because we were, like, you're already packed in, like, sardines, right. right? So then you're marking out, and you're just like, ah, you know, like, that was that was wild. But right. God, it was such a bad decision to end it on Hunter and Orton. Like, I mean, like, I, I was like such a cloud nine, and by the time the show was over, I was just like, "Well." And the thing is, is, is you know, Hunter always says, "Oh, it's because we had to follow Taker," but there was another match between that because there was yeah. the, the three way. The three way had plenty of heat. The yep. three way directly after it had plenty of heat. People were into the match. It was yep. the fact that the way you structured that match, people were like, so "I'm bad. out." I'm out. Especially the buildup was supposed to, like, I mean, like, he's going in to attack him in his house. Like, you're thinking this match is going to be a barn burner, false finishes. It's going to be brutal. It's like like eight minutes and done. Like, it was it was awful. Yeah. So now we talked about a terrible match. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think the only one I had left was, like, New Japan. I think that's the only one I didn't say. One one that I really love in WWE, too, was Kurt Angle, Shane McMahon. Just because of the expectations. Like, yeah. I had no expectations for that. And that was one of, like, the most crazy, insane matches I had ever seen. Um, and Kurt wrestled, like, three times that night, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He was a, he's a madman. I mean, wonder why he wound up as a JP was in at the time. I mean, gee, it, that guy was going it, hard as hell. It's sad because it's like I appreciated it every time Kurt would do it, but now it's like I watch him and I'm just like, man, I should have let let off. Should have been like, Kurt, stop. You don't need to go there. You know what I mean? Like, I remember it was like, oh, he's going to wrestle with a broken neck. Like, yes, he's still going to headline Mania. And now it's like, 
those were really bad decisions. You know what I mean? But you don't think about it back then. Yeah. Hogan versus Rock was another really, really good one. Like, just because of the atmosphere and everything. Yeah, insane. And that's, uh, that's what I love so much. Like, I almost feel like if it wasn't a TV match and they could have let, like, before they even touch Kenny and Brian Danielson, because that was, like, peak, like, it gave me Rock Hogan vibes. Like, the crowd was that into it. And I'm like, we sh- they should have captured that moment a little bit longer. You know what I mean? But they were up against the clock, and I get it. So. Yeah. Well, last one I throw out for the, for the Super Chat. For New Japan, it wasn't, like, the best match of, of all of them, but I really liked AJ and Nakamura before both of them went to WWE because, like, I think the word was out that that – Nakamura was coming over. One of the two that had already come out, and then it wound up coming out like it that Nakamura. night. It was Nakamura. Yeah, but yeah. he but he retained over AJ, right? And I then think so, yeah. Or then he dropped. Remember. Then he dropped the, the belt next, like like the next. I think it was the next night or the that New Year's Dash. Yeah, that's Kenny and the Bucks attacked yeah, them right, and all right. that stuff. Yeah. So so but like but by that time it's like we knew that like. Well, yeah, all they were all coming over AJ and the Good Brothers and the whole deal. But that that night. Uh, I don't know. It felt really special because I really thought that like Nakamura was going to be so different from what anything the WWE had that they were going to really make him the first like real big Japanese like face of the company. And then the NXT run ruled. But then like after that, you know, it's just kind of been whatever. It's I been. also I also really loved the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers. I thought that match yeah. was insane. I love that. Yeah. And I love the storyline behind that. Like it was an emotional match. Like it was it was awesome. I really liked that yeah. match too. Great matches. Thank you for the question, Kogan. It was a really good question. Deep dive in that stuff. Uh Dirty with Super Chat. Always appreciate it, Dirty. Um, what are your favorite wrestling podcasts? Like that, other wrestlers do. Um, yeah, well, just in stuff that you like to hear about, like for the business or whatever. Like for I, me, um, I definitely like talk is Jericho. I like when he gets to talk to certain wrestlers. I'll listen to Renee's too if they're actually gonna, you know, talk about stuff uh, wrestling related. Um, like I said, Jeff Jarrett's podcast is really good. Eighty three weeks when it really was like first starting was really good but we're at the point now where they've literally covered everything so it's kind of like eh, you know um i like Jared's kurt angles, podcast right now a lot yeah yeah kurt angles yeah. podcast is okay i i've just never and i've been i'm a huge kurt angle fan and i just kind of like most he doesn't have the best stories he doesn't have the no. best stories like no, it sucks there's, there's, there's what there's like where are we at conrad what what was right, yeah. like he it's like eh, okay so, yeah. well the the one that I wish was better because just because when he talks history, it's so good is Cornette's. Yeah. Um, I wish yeah. his I, I wish he would like, and and he softened a little bit, but at the same time he's still Cornette, and it sucks because when he like talks history and he talks like old wrestling, uh, especially like seventies and like early eighties wrestling, it's so good. And he goes into such depth, and he taught, and he has the best stories. And it's just like, but I have to listen to Jim Cornette, and it's just like, eh. but, but I love Jarrett's. Jarrett's has been surprisingly really good, and it's like, okay, and I think part of it is he's just being honest about a yeah. lot of stuff, and I think that helps when you're doing a podcast, just you know, being honest. But, but yeah, yeah, I, 
I mean, I'm a bit biased. I like listening to Sean Ross app. Like, if I'm going to listen to, like, a review of anything, like, that I didn't watch especially, um, I think Brian Alvarez is the GOAT. Like, I think he's probably the best uh, wrestling podcaster of all time. Alvarez. So, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm the biggest fan of Mike Zipperbidi, but I, I, I like all those guys. Alvarez. I like Zipperbidi because he's constantly sticking up for, like, the indies and stuff on there. Right. Like, yeah. like he's, he's watching IWTV with us. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's right. – yeah. Yeah, I mean it's okay, but I, 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 Dave to me, I definitely like listening to as well. And, well, I love and, Dave. It's just he's just you can tell he will start rambling. He, yeah, exactly. he starts he rambling, lost. and you're yeah. just like you're like you're like Brian. <laughs> really, <laughs> oh, yeah. really? <laughs> and, Brian, and Brian Alvarez is like one of the few guys in the world that would have like the kind of like relationship he does with Dave. Just like Dave, stop! Like we need to get back to like because <laughs> right. like, I, I would just I wouldn't have the the heart to do it. I'm like Dude. Dave Meltzer is like the god of all this stuff. Like well. The, the the problem with that though is sometimes when he does that when he does stopping and try to pull him back it's when you don't want him to do it because he's he's like telling this really good stories telling the stuff that he don't really doesn't really talk about and you're like Brian this is not the time to like to like just to like try to get him back on the rails this is a good time so or yeah or like he's building up something and you're finally gonna get there and then he goes on about something else here yes like, I'm take. Like, <laughs> you're right there like please focus yeah. <laughs> um by the way chase thinks that your choice was trash so for ecw so we can get back at him uh. on that <laughs> <laughs> But as soon as you said tag match, I knew exactly what you were talking about. I yeah. mean, that match is amazing. Well, and, and also that that was like a dream match at the yes. time too. That was like a match that people like. That was the that was the closest thing you got to really like FMW versus versus ECW, and so that was a that's big, another thing that's too a that I think that AEW has a big advantage over is like ECW was kind of a niche product. I like, kind of like GCW is. I really think GCW is is kind of like the love child of ECW in a lot of ways, but um, Brett Lauderdale I, wants to be Paul Heyman so bad. So, yeah. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the personality for it though. Like he he's he's about as exciting as wet paint. But um, oh come on, but, man! If they see, I love you, Brett. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean I like he's it, not, but I'm just saying like he's not gonna. Deliver this amazing well, promo that's going to get you The thing you is, is the way he is when he's like, when he's talking is weird because if you ever watch like when they do the um, the merchandise sales on Facebook, yes. he's completely different. He's yes. completely different. And you're just like, where's this dude at when the shows are going on? Because you're this is like, you're showing like, you're so much better. And it's like, it's so, yeah. Well, I mean, like when I went to the GCW show in Houston, like he, he's walking around with a cowboy hat on. Right. right? And like, you would tell no difference from him and the fan at all. And like, you go up to him and talk to him. You're like, man, it had a great time. Unbelievable show. And he's just like, thanks for the support, man. Appreciate it. It's like, right. Like, (laughs) you know, like Heyman would be like, what did you like? What did you enjoy? (laughs) You know, like and then, and then, just, and then feed you a, a line. Of, oh, for like, sure. And you, would, and you would eat it up like it was. And he's like, know. "Have you looked at the merch? We have <laughs> you." You oh, know, like Paul, Paul, Virgil on you. Hey, what's your name, man? Like, just ask. Oh, start writing down and start signing right. stuff. Yeah, right. so and like right. out of out of nowhere, I'm watching like Brett yell at Jimmy Lloyd and scolding him for messing up on something, and then Jimmy Lloyd's like throwing a fit, kicking trash around, and you're just like, "Wow, this is." 
this is different, you know. What I, mean? but, <laughs> I saw I saw Jimmy Lloyd just straight up fell asleep backstage like during one of the shows recently. They like woke him up. They're like, dude, you're like you're on. It's <laughs> like, like wait. Well, that was so funny, right? Where like that that Hammerstein ballroom thing. His line was like, "Do you even care?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I know why they ask you that. I totally get it." You know, but it's cool because like he, he works so perfect within GCW, even without like his look and his in ring style and all that, like. Just if you know his backstory of him being that kid who, like, his parents would just leave him at these venues when he was young, and he just literally would just have to meet wrestlers, just hanging out by himself all the time, and then just started learning how to put the ring together and taking bumps, and, like, literally all the way up from being a fan to kind of like Mikey Whiprap, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, GCW almost. Another super chat. Chris Ward, thank you so much. Uh, evening, guys. Do you think we might get Edge versus AJ at Mania? In my opinion, it's one of the few dream matches left the WWE can actually do right now. Um, yeah, I, I think it's possible. I, especially, I think they're both now on Raw. So I think that that definitely helps your case there. And as long as they uh, break up AJ and Omus or whatever, whenever that'll happen. Um, See, that's what I'm worried yeah, about. Is that they'll possible. do I'm worried that they'll do that at WrestleMania. Like, they'll have Omos beat AJ at WrestleMania. Right, right. That sounds like a WWE thing that they would do, especially if AJ's not re-signing or they hear word that he might be going to AEW or something like that. Then, yeah, I could definitely see that. What do you think, Josh? But, would you would you be excited? To me, this would be a, a, I would a not, you Survivor know, Series match. Like, if they I don't know. AJ I, and, and him. Edge and – I mean, I – it would be it's a new match it's something that we haven't seen before but i don't i don't know there's like i feel like i've seen all of the aj stuff i really want to see and so it's really weird and also because i'm so down on wwe like there's like there's almost nothing they could do to like like the one match and it's just because of me that if they did at wrestlemania that i think would just be absolutely if they gave them time would be if they actually did ricochet and ray at WrestleMania, oh, that'd be um, cool. That'd be cool. that would that would that to me would be like really great because I don't I don't trust them to do AJ and Ricochet out on like a big show and not just crap all over it because yeah. because neither guy has the like I don't think has this the stuff that like Ray would do we'd be like now nah, we're just gonna do what we're gonna do and go out there and and and, and really really do something because i think ray probably has like one of those matches in him a year and that would be the match and especially if you saw their match in lucha underground which was just like absolutely crazy um that's like one i would say yeah i I could see maybe i don't know because a lot of having a lot of edge matches been like not total smoke and mirrors but have had elements to where it's not just like him going out and like wrestling it's there's always like stuff to kind of kind of to kind of cheat a little bit. It seems I haven't I've only the watched. Problem the is it's all year. Seth Rollins matches, man. Like he's like yeah. he's basically wrestled Seth the entire year. When it was all Randy before that too, for the yes. most part. Like I, but like I said, I've only watched the WWE pay per views this year. But from what I've seen, to your point, Josh, it kind of seems like they're. Like Edge is out there more so acting than wrestling. If that makes right, sense, right? Like right. he's like just trying to tell big, big stories. Yeah, but I, I I think Roman is the same way now. Like Roman takes his time. Roman is talking a lot. 
like Roman has adopted that same style that he had with the um, what was the the indoor dome or whatever they were doing with no fans. Like that's that's what Roman's kind of still doing. Like it's it's uh, he's so much more comfortable at what he is doing, and I honestly think that at this point he knows how big he is to the company. And so he really, I, I don't think he's taking a lot of direction. I don't think he's really being like going with the writers and Vince and being like, Hey, what am I going to do? Like, I feel like he has a lot of freedom and can do what he wants to do. And that's why it comes across well on TV. But man, like, I, I feel like if you're going to book a Roman range a Roman Reigns match now, you need to give him like 35 minutes. Like he takes forever and he like slowly methodically beats you down and then you build up and, you know, they finally go back. But Edge has kind of had those same type of matches like with Seth Rollins from what I've seen for the most part. So I, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. It's hard to say if, if that's what he would do with AJ or not. But um, but also, man, AJ hasn't really done anything all year. So I, I think it's kind of a lot to ask AJ to just, like, if he just had to get into a program with Edge and be like, go 30 minutes with Edge. Like, it's it's been a while. Yeah. I just, I'm, I'm just kind of the same boat where I just don't really care at this point, unfortunately. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I'm not excited like, about it. Yeah, and Edge is, like, one of my all-time favorite. I mean, especially for, like, kind of the early 2000s. Like, he was, like, one of my top favorite guys for sure. And just, you know, it's almost disheartening, though, because, like, I care so little about what he's doing at the moment. And, like, I felt so good for him returning and everything. But then you see AEW, and it's, like, I'm way more stoked about what I'm seeing Christian do and, like, AEW and Impact and stuff than what I'm seeing Edge do on WWE. I kind of wish Edge would have just come to AEW now that was so weird. We have it in our intro for the show, but like people seem to forget they they would not clear edge for like all these years. And then AEW yeah. was like, Oh, you went out there and did a spear recently, like you good to go? And Edge was like, Yeah, I'm good to go. And they were like, Let's come come to AEW. And he went to Vince to do like the right the right thing and talk it over with him. And what do you know? You're cleared all of a sudden. Come on back. And, and we'll give you we'll give you a lot more money on yeah. top of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Well, and that's the thing too, is if 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 AEW wasn't interested, would Edge even be back? No. Like, would they have even let him come back? You know what so. I mean? Well, it's the so, same thing with, with Danielson. Yep. If, yeah, if sure. they didn't think he was going to, like, get out and leave, they wouldn't have cleared him either. I firmly believe that. I agree. Um, yeah. I, I think that they were like. Oh, I feel like he was built for all in. Like his contract was getting close to expiring right, right. around all in time. Everyone kind of assumed that that could be what happened. And then, you know signed so it's like oh, okay but yeah i'm just i'm so thankful that guy went with his heart though like i'm so thankful that he he went there because he he you can see how happy he is right now and it, also i don't know about you josh but like happy punk is kind of weird like <laughs> I, i'm not used to well, seeing happy well, punk I, I i tweeted it yesterday when the ratings came out i was like for all the times for punk not to be punk. This yeah. is not the day. And then right. today, today he posted the Sasha tweet and that was so hilarious because that is yeah. so him. That is so just like that is so him to a T. If if you if you followed I mean, if you followed Punk's career, he will probably tell you he's an asshole. He is yep. he is what he is. 
That is what he is. Just look well, he's with it. not now. He's giving kids yeah, Jordans I know. I know. and he's smiling well, he's, and he's. Just but he happy. keeps saying. But he keeps saying, "This isn't going to be, you yeah. know. Yeah. Eventually, this this is going to stop. So he's, he's going as far to this side as he can <laughs> have a baby face because he's going <laughs> to kill us all when he turns yeah. heel. I I'm I'm with you there, and I I think that. And and I think that that could be one of those moments to where it gets way more attention because I feel like that we are in the WCW phase of like, and I'm not comparing these guys in any way, but just of like star value and getting people's attention of like getting the Hogan's, getting the Macho Man's and all that stuff where it was like, oh, there's another wrestling company and no, now those guys are over there but I'm not necessarily going to start watching that company. Oh, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy? Oh, I'm going to watch. I'm going to see what's going on over there. And then it was like, oh, yeah, they do have this person and this person and this person and this person. And then I became a WCW fan. Like, I basically stopped watching the WWF for a certain period of time because I was so infatuated with the WCW, uh, the NWO storyline. Um, I don't know if AEW will have a storyline like that, but I, I do think that having something like that, a, a shift, a momentum of a, of a story, of, of a moment, um, I think could help them a lot. Yeah, this well, is something I, I've brought up. Oh, yeah, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, yeah no, what, what I was going to say was I think the first guy you're going to see that happen with is Christian. I think that's going to be the first when he turns eventually on Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. And yeah. that'll be crazy. But then – what I really think they're going to see, and I, I, because I, they they keep setting up little things. I think when I think you're going to get FTR and Andrade and Cody and the faction together, and and Cody's going to be like, I'm still you know not a bad guy while being a bad guy. I think that's going to be the whole thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's when you're going to maybe see that shift, and also when whenever this happens, whenever Adam Page turns on. Kenny, that's going to be the other shift because that's going to happen. And I, Adam, Adam Cole, Cole. I mean, Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam yeah. Cole. Yeah, that's going to that happen. Do you think that? I think that by bringing in Kevin Steen, that could start like that could like you know Adam's going to turn on Kevin like almost like how Marty turned on him in Ring of Honor like debuted as the new Bullet Club member. Right. I think Kenny should be the one that's like left because. It, the thing that bothers me with Adam Cole's debut is at least acknowledge that you tried to kill him, right? Like maybe bygones are bygones, but like there needs to be something in the back of Adam's mind. And it, it doesn't have to be now, but at some point I want Adam to reveal that like, I know what you tried to do to me. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, and then that is where it's like, I've always known about you, Kenny. You've always been a threat, and I've just been waiting my turn to take you out. You know, and then I feel like Kevin Steen jumping to do that could be huge. Well, what if it's the rest of Undisputed Era? Because I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure he knows when their contracts are up. For um, sure. You know, and and if and if WWE's stupid, and they can be stupid, yep. whenever we get the next round of of people going bye bye. If yep. it's any of those guys, if it's the rest of those guys, then all of a sudden, here you go. And they show up and you do the whole, like, no, I've been waiting for them to get here. Now it's on. Now it's, you know, so I think. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting. Also, me and me and Steven, this has definitely been more of Steven's idea, but I love it. 
is the straight edge society punk versus Adam Page. I think that that is going to that could be something too to where you know just maybe something subtle where Adam Page just offers Punk a beer like that fan did in the crowd or something, and then it just like totally offends Punk, but you don't really know how much it bothers him, and then it like little by little you start to pick up that he's he's had enough Adam Page. And he could probably be climbing in the rankings to where he would be like the number one contender as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's a ton of great options. And the great thing is anything that we're talking about right now, Tony Khan is also thinking. Right. Of. Like, right. so, oh, sure. so it's just a matter of like, which direction is he going to go? But these are all uh, ideas that I'm sure he has. I know. think they're ideas that he has, but I also think what they think matters too. So like what the what oh, sure. Punk wants yeah. to do or whatever. And I don't know if that will always line up, right? So Yeah, right. Uh, th- this is a question I've got for you, Josh. Um, I, I brought this up over the oh, – we've been doing the show for a while now, and I bring it up every yeah. now and then. On a scale of – we'll just say one to five, with one being the least likeliest and five being the most likeliest, what are the chances that you think we see Undertaker versus Sting in AEW? Because anything over a three is like, we wouldn't have been saying this like a couple years ago, but like... I would say, it, the thing is, I could see Tony being like, screw it, and go and going to him and saying, how much money do you want? I'll give you $2 million for right. an eight-minute right. match. For, 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 right, for one <laughs> match. For one match. All you have to do is show up, hype it up, and 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 go at it. And maybe even tell him, and we'll let you win, too. Maybe even go, maybe even go that far, um, because I think even when people wanted to see that match, I think in everyone's mind it was well, Taker's going to win anyways, but we just want to see the match. So I think that's the. So I could see him doing that, um, and the other part of that though is that might not be Taker's decision either. His wife might be like, "You ain't doing that." Yes. <laughs> and I also yeah, don't know if he's on some you know, like fifteen year long, right? But then again. With it, I think, I think if, people out of their contracts, like to say, I think if the stuff. company sells, I think if the company sells, oh, it's yeah. something to definitely pay attention to because at my at, at that point, in my opinion, like the loyalty is gone, right? Yeah, so like, it's not to right. Vince anymore, it's, to, it's like, not to Vince loyalty anymore. to Disney or whoever at that right. point, yeah. Right. So I think that that could be an interesting process. Some guy singing in the chat says, One and Undertaker would never do that. That's what we said about like half the people in AW right now, dude. Like, I'm I'm just like, saying, like, yeah, I, I would I, listen. We've seen two. If it wasn't for the business. money, I would say zero. But we see with him, money talks, and and even if because I mean they don't even have to do anything. All they have to do is just stand there, circle each other. He also you know, he did, exactly. he also didn't get his last match in front of a crowd either. Exactly. His last right. match was on a cinematic deal, you know. Right. So like, it, and I mean, they could do a cinematic match too. That's the thing. Yeah. They could do a they could do a, and people I think would be fine with that. So yeah, yeah. I just thought I'd bring that up because it's 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 something that like I used to say kind of almost like a tongue in cheek kind of joke, but like more time that passes, the more I'm like, Undertaker's just sitting at home healing right now. Like, I mean, he right. might, you know, the guy doesn't wrestle for a couple of years. I think he can be in good enough shape to go out there for a few minutes. Like you said, you go out there, the crowd goes nuts. They either, they either do cinematic or they go out there and circle each other while the crowd goes nuts for a few minutes. They do four moves and they get out of there. Like, right, right. Just make so, it happen. Speaking of of dream matches and dream matches that I didn't think I would ever want to see or that we're getting is is mm-hmm. Suzuki versus Cage. 
Um, Nick Cage. I would I, I, like like that's the weirdest thing to me of yep. all of these ma- and that is to me is just like crazy. I'm I want to watch the match just to see what the match is because I'm like because yeah. I'm curious what the match is going to be. I don't think he's going to hit Suzuki with the light tube, but uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Suzuki might hit himself over there with a light tube. Just to, I mean, just to, just a that would be the biggest pop is you know the light and he hits himself like all right we're gonna do this let's do this people would just go crazy but i'm almost i'm 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 a little bit worried about nick gage in that match i just like it's one thing to take sick bumps right but like uh, to get hit with like a forearm like that like Like a shotgun forearm yeah like like i I just don't know if if like nick's yeah i don't know it'll it's interesting (laughs) And, and and like I said, like I don't know if there's any indie wrestler that's had a bigger year than Nick Gage this year. I mean, like just a, based on who he's faced and um, the height of GCW and how it's grown so much. Like I, I well, surely it'll be him and Mox rematch in Hammerstein. Like that will right. be the main event. I mean, so Gage is only going to so. keep getting bigger. And I'm and I have a feeling that he'll be shown on AEW. Uh, around that time as well because i think AEW want to help gcw they did that last time when they brought gage and had him wrestle jericho that was like the week of one of their big you know fight tv shows i mean so yeah i think well i think nick Gage is only going to keep getting more popular which is pretty wild yeah it's it's definitely wild (laughs) i remember you like you couldn't stand the thought of watching a nick gage match like six months ago dude well it's just death (laughs) matches in general i just i didn't you know but it's one of those things like i said when you experience it live it it just kind of i don't know maybe it desensitizes you to it where it's not the same and then it's just kind of like okay i'll watch it i'll never forget because i was why i knew you (laughs) you and bill were there and I know Josh was watching the show too, because me and him were both tweeting about it. And we're like, Bill and Doug at a GCW show. And then like I remember like the the main event, I was sure that that you had gone left. I was like, there's no, no way. Like that because like y'all had to the crowd had to all get out of the way because all the crazy stuff Gage and Cicada were doing. Mm. And or Sadiq, I mean, and Sadika, however you say it. And yeah. I was like, surely like after because that was one of those where uh where emil like wasn't even through announcing the names and yep. Gage, like, that, oh no he got hit with the, the, right. with the two buttons yep. and i was like oh surely bill and doug are like this is garbage i'm out of here and then i found out you stayed two hours late after the show just to meet nick gage yep there you go. and i mean it was a chore right like we stayed a long time like they're turning the lights out of the building we're waiting outside like by a freaking almost sewer like it was ridiculous but we were all were like we're gonna do it and it was like 10 more minutes and we're leaving 10 more minutes and we're leaving and finally he came out but man where is that where is that building where is that building at it's it's called the houston premier arena it's um Man, I don't even know how to like. It's it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. Out, uh, I mean, it's like you go through Houston a little bit, like the actual city of Houston yeah. and downtown area, and then it's like a little bit outskirts there. But like, it's it's in the hood, and then like you'll park like in an apartment complex where they'll sell the tow you, but they never do. And then you have to like walk down a long path, and it's like in a barn and. Like when it rains, there's just mud everywhere. It can only fit like 400 people max. They this, those they really max them out over there. Um, but like it also has lights. It has an entrance ramp and 
stuff like that. Uh, it's it's interesting. Um, is it like next, is it like down by League City or is it or no. is it? No, it's it, uh, man, you're you're putting me on the spot. I don't really. <laughs> I, I put I put it in the GPS and I go like it's, it's, go. I'll look it. Up. I'll look yes. it up because watching it, I was like, "Where the hell is this?" Because I could it's tell, dumb. I could tell it was it was it was it was somewhere where I was like, "I'm sweating." They're watching it going, going. My wife was like, was like, "Well, you know where that is?" And I'm like, "I'm looking." And I go, "I don't think it's in the fourth ward, but it looks like it. It's somewhere neat, like that type of place." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's it's. Uh, you you go you go to your car in a group of people. Let's just say that like it's what? not. You know. And I know the building had to have been like a hundred plus degrees because they were like mopping yeah. the ring in between every match, and people were like sliding off the ropes and stuff. Well, and then you you know like while you're waiting, there's the 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 ring is full of glass and blood. I mean, Nick Gage thick. Thick, huge chunks of his blood are all over the ring, and you're you're walking and you're stepping on glass. Like yeah. it was it was brutal. But hey, they're coming again, uh, December third, I think it is, and I'm gonna get front row. So wish me luck. And uh, but yeah, I had an absolute blast last time. But like, it sounds like Ninja Mac might be gone by then. He could. He's leaving in December, so he might. That might be his farewell show. To be honest with you, I could see that being like his farewell show. But it sounds like he's going to Japan somewhere. Probably Noah, from what yeah. I've heard. I was saying it for a while about Ninja Mac. How I thought like maybe he was a stunt man or something like that before yeah. he got into wrestling. Turns out he was in the circus. Yeah, I believe that. So I was like, that, if you if you clicked on his old YouTube pages, like he is a serious tumbler, like straight up gymnastics tumbler like he can do it all and he was also like in the circus he was getting shot out of a cannon like he's crazy so awesome. he's absolutely crazy good for that because I, I knew it had to be something like that i was i told doug before he was the only guy i've ever like talked to about like doing an interview with or something that had his own agent and i was like why would an indie wrestler have an, his own agent like booking stuff for him I was like, was he an was he a stuntman or an actor or something before? I figured it was something like that by the way that he moved and the flips and all the stuff he does. And yeah, I just found out the other day it was it was a circus. So I was I was kind of right. Like I, I knew it had to be something like that. So. But yeah, Josh, November twentieth, the next Loco show is Alex Zane versus Ninja Mac, awesome. and that'll be in that building. Um, and then there's. I mean, they they have some death matches too. Like the one I, I'll have to Mickey Knuckles. Yeah, you know yeah. Who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I know exactly that. Sadika has another death match. And see, the thing is, is like Lowrider is one of the bookers, and he his wife is Sadika, so like they both bring in like like Drago is going to be there. Like they they bring in a lot of like uh, lucha talent and stuff like that. And then when GCW comes, it's usually GCW versus Loco, and I mean it's pretty crazy. Like the Houston scene is way bigger now, man. Like there's there's a new there, uh, there was there was not a scene when I left. Nothing, there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing like, which I always like, like, which I found always so weird because, like, no matter whoever went there, they always did good shows and or like good business and yeah. like people would try and a lot of that was like political because you had like yeah you had like different people wanting to do like different things and yeah. that whole. Well, and like the scene nasty. in Austin was pretty strong, but there was like right. hardly anything in Houston. But now, I mean, right. Houston, Dallas, like there's a lot of pretty strong shows. 
I mean, like they had Davy Richards down here versus Brian Keith. Nyla Rose was at that building facing Rachel Rose. Like they they bring some pretty decent talent over here. So it's pretty fun. Like AJ Gray's been here multiple times. Like so it's it's pretty exciting to see like top indie talent that I can actually go see live, you know. So it's, it's very cool. I can't remember who the opponent was. It might have been like Brian Keith or AJ. AJ. Well, it wouldn't have been an opponent for. But what I was gonna say for you, Doug. I remember you saying when you were at that show that you thought Matthew Justice was just gonna be like some jobber. To oh like yeah, I thought the Mysterious guy was just Q, like a, maybe he faced Mysterious. Yeah, Q, and that match was so insane, <laughs> like, and he was guy? so nuts, and like he just like drank all the beer from anybody that gave it to him, and he was like they were like doing crazy spots and i was just like god dang okay <laughs> and uh and then um that they also did aj gray and brian keith and they beat yeah. the piss out of each other great like match. that was brutal that was a great indie show like that really I was a really it. really good show i loved it it really uh it really got me going so now anytime gcw comes i'm, I'm gonna go for sure Hell yeah. Uh, Michael wanted to throw his two cents in the favorite WWE match, and he has Angle Benoit from Royal Rumble 03. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was Incredible great. match. It's just hard for me to watch any Benoit yeah. stuff nowadays for obvious reasons, but like yeah. objectively speaking, like that was a right. great wrestling match for sure. Especially like Triple H and Scott Steiner had crapped the bed so bad that, that like match. I was so like depressed. Not depressed, but just like I couldn't believe how bad it was. And then Angle and Benoit came on, and it was just, like, so good. And it made you forget about Triple H and Steiner, and, like, it was it, it was perfect timing. So. And the thing with Triple H and Steiner, that match didn't need to be bad. It was, no. that, it was that Triple H was like, I'm going to make it look where he's bad because we're going to wrestle a match that he can't wrestle instead yeah. of just wrestling, like, a, a 10 to 15-minute, you know, match that Steiner could wrestle, look good, and all of that, and that's not what you got. And it was just like, why are you doing this? this and then they so had a rematch in No Way Out that was just as bad, if not worse. Right. And then Steiner right. wasn't even like Steiner was put on the like pre-show of WrestleMania, right. and then it was over. It was like him and Chris Nowitzki after that. Yeah, yeah then like tagging with Test. Yeah, like, it was a wrap. Yep, man. Gerald, <laughs> thank you so much, Alex. Question for True Slayer: Were you and ROH take center stage during WrestleMania 27 weekend? That was my first ROH show, and it was awesome. Yes, I was. I was at that. I was at both of those, but there was that both of the shows that were there, um, and they were. That was that was such a interesting show because um, that's the show that had uh, the Briscoes. Versus Midnight Express or not Midnight Express, um, All Night Express, yeah. um, and like before they had like a meet and greet. And now imagine this: this is ROH. There was nobody in the Briscoe line, wow. nobody, because they were that like everyone was because they were just in a really bad spot. They literally did that match, and when I think it was Jay came up with with just the crimson mask after the table spot, like the the fact that that place went absolutely crazy um, is something I will never forget being there live because that was just crazy, crazy, crazy. But yeah, that, that was a very interesting show. Um, it's, a, it's a really cool venue um, just because it was just like, I'd never been to a venue where you could actually get mixed drinks that wasn't like a state, like, like 
an indie show where you get like mixed mixed drinks and you get mixed drinks there. So um, that's the one thing I really remember. And and just like I was just that was an awesome show because that's the first time I got to meet uh, Nightmare Baller uh, Marquine. That's the first time I got to meet him. Um, that was just a fun weekend too. Of course, we went to a, a Dragon Gate. We I can't remember if it was a Dragon Gate show or a Evolve show um, that we just was not as good as the ROH show just because it was like burnt. It just burnt out the crowd like in the, like the second match. It was just like eh. So. Yeah, I mean, for me now, like, WrestleMania weekend is about the indie shows. Like, I yeah. I don't care about WrestleMania. Like, the, the one in Dallas, I will probably go to Dallas for all the indie shows and all this. I probably won't go to Mania. I don't care. Like, that's just the where I'm at at this point. But, yeah. like, but some of the best shows I've ever been to are indie WrestleMania weekend shows. Like, like when I saw Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr. at Evolve, like it was like that that same feeling I got when I saw Davey and Kenta. Like it, the the with those UK guys were getting red hot and they just were like coming to the states. And I mean, like Marty and and uh, Alistair Black was there at the time. Like uh, Abushi came that weekend. Like it was it was unbelievable that weekend. That was 2016. And then I went. This is this is the cruel thing, and where ROH doesn't get it. They did the uh, meet and greets for Supercard of Honor, and it was like basically around the whole entire stadium. They had everybody like at tables, so you had the entire elite, and you had New Japan stars, and then you had Ring of Honor stars. Who do you think had no lines? Yeah. All the ROH guys, they're literally sitting there with nobody to talk to. Just, it looks so terrible. And then you literally have like Omega and Abushi's line wrapped around the door. Cody's lines out here. Adam Page, the Young Bucks, Tanahashi. Like, just, it, it, they don't get it. Like, I was just like, this is so bad. Like, at least put them in separate areas. Like, these guys are here and there. But you'd have like Daniels and Kaz. <laughs> And Scorpio Sky, who have been there, like, and that's SCU, who are still getting some BTE time, and they're mm-hmm. sitting there literally having nobody, and right next to like Tanahashi, and it was just like awful. So yeah, I remember those too. I remember the guys with no lines made me feel bad. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I was at Russell. I was at Russell. We got, to talk, to, we got oh, yeah. to talk to the Briscoes for a while, me and my friend Brian, and um, it was kind of cool because we were just like, like, like that's how we found out, like that they had the uh, lawn service, um, which shouldn't really be called a lawn service at all. Because um, when I got started talking to them, I'm like, because they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we got lawn service and da 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 And I'm like, and they're, tell, they're starting to tell me that. And I'm like, that's not a lawn service. That's a little bit more than a lawn service. And uh, they both really, they both got this big, goofy grin when I said that. Like, you know, that's a little bit more than a lawn service. That's right. <laughs> that's, that, that's that's maybe beyond even a landscaping service. That's You guys are doing, like, some stuff. And, um... But, yeah, that was that that was fun. Uh, but, yeah, that whole show was fun. But probably the, the best WrestleMania weekend ROH show I've been was at was uh, the what, Showdown in the Sun or whatever, the one that was in Miami. Yeah. It had... Yeah. Um, that had Elgin and Davy on it. Oh my god, yep. that that show was insane, um, especially live. Match. Especially live, that was just 
craziness. What were you going to say, Steven? Oh, just, I was at a WrestleMania 27 as well, but I didn't go to any, any of the indie stuff because, like, I live in Atlanta, but I also wasn't, like... I, I think I was home from college, like, at, at the time. So I just, like, came in for WrestleMania and then went back to school, like, the next day or whatever. But it was... That was my first WrestleMania. Unfortunately, that wasn't a very good WrestleMania, like, especially in hindsight. So bad. Yeah. But now I'm the, I'm the same boat where, like, if I was to go to WrestleMania weekend, I definitely hit like the indie stuff that I want. And then like probably wouldn't even bother going around. Like, that's so sad to say, like, Oh, I, I would that's the, skip like, WrestleMania. my oldest daughter always asks, she goes, you know, you don't. And I was like, if I went, I wouldn't go, I would go, I could name all the stuff that I would go to and it wouldn't be, yeah. it would. And that's why I would go because it's probably the only chance I'll ever get to be able to see some of this stuff that I want to see. And question, question, Josh. New Japan Strong. Like, what the what the what the hell are they doing? Like, I, yeah. I, I like I get that they want to be in the American market, but like, mm-hmm. is this here to stay? Is this just trying to get people's eyes on New Japan? Or are they trying to have a completely different product? I, like, is I think this their ROH version of New Japan. Like, I think it's they- more of what like you just said. I think what it's supposed to be. Um, I don't think it's that now because just a, because of everything that's going on. But I right. think it's just more to be an outlet for the guys at the dojo to have a place where they can wrestle in front of car- front of fans without having to go to Japan. Because um, I think they do want that dojo to be separate simply so that they can really focus on not just American talent, but just, you know, probably uh, luchadors as well, which we haven't seen there. But I would imagine that's part of it. And then so that guys from the UK don't have to go all the way to Japan. I mean, that's literally around the world. Um, they could just go to LA, which is probably a little bit easier to get to. To me, that's what it is. I think right now it's something else out of just necessity. But I think that once once people can start going back to Japan um, on a more regular basis, I don't think they're going to see what it is now. I just think it's going to be a show that features U.S. talent either working for New Japan, getting tryouts for long-standing tryouts for New Japan, um, like Fred Roser. I, I think I think that's the type of stuff you're going to see. Um, it's more like Fred Roser type stuff where guys are going to get a shot and then kind of learn the New Japan style and then once they get it down, be sent over to Japan. I think that's what you're going to see. So I don't think it's going to be what it is now. I think people that, like love the show now i think once everything kind of gets back to normal i don't think it's going to be that i could be completely wrong but i think that's what it's going to be i definitely think um you're probably not going to see like it's definitely like what you said i think i think it's their version of roh in a lot of ways and they're just you're going to see a lot of indie guys you're just going to see like a lot of that sort of thing plus whoever they have any place that they trust that they can send people for excursions. I think that's probably the other thing is because I think they, they feel like they've been burnt so bad by sending guys to the States on excursions and they're not getting what they want out of it. So because like the, the Osprey thing is weird. Like, it's just weird. Like he had the title. He did not actually lose the title. He got injured it only took him four and a half months instead of the six-month rule or whatever, so he's claiming he's the real champ. He's on New Japan strong, like, and 
what's going on in actual New Japan, like there's just, they're just it's so cold right now. But my my question for it was basically like if it's WrestleMania weekend, mm-hmm. do you think there'll be a New Japan Strong show? Do you think it'll be an ROH show? Like do you think like are we only looking at Game Changer and like WrestleCon? You know, I. I don't know it. It being I'll say, I think Dallas. I think is completely up in the air. Yeah, I think when they go to L.A. because everything will probably be back to normal by the time. Right, I would hope they get to L.A. God that's I think I think I, I think I think <laughs> I think that's when you're going to see kind of balls to the walls because I think you're going to see, I think you'll see a real New Japan show. Um, you might even see that's where you're going to probably maybe see a AEW show because they don't want to run WrestleMania weekend. Um, that's a thing though. Now too, though, do you think they might change their mind if the gloves are off? Depends on where they're at. Yeah. I definitely think if they're in New York, New Jersey, Yes. I think if they're in LA, I don't think they care. I think it's right. very much a <laughs> market. And it's very much going to be about the market, about like what they have planned, um, what New Japan and other, other people want to do. Like when you get to LA, you're probably going to have a triple A show. You're probably going to have a New Japan show. Um, you know, and that's, that's two big deals right there. Plus, you're going to have all your GCW shows and whatever else. Um, so yeah. it's going to be a bigger deal because more people can do that. Plus, you're probably going to have – I wouldn't be surprised if you see more Japanese promotions run L.A. WrestleMania weekend. Um, you probably have a really big stardom card. I would be shocked if you didn't have a like a big-time stardom card as well. So. So, yeah, I, but I think you're going to see that when they get to L.A. I don't think you'll see it in Dallas because I think stuff will be still too up in the air. You'll have GCW, probably have um, some of the Texas promotions, and that's probably it. And maybe, I mean, you might have a New Japan Strong show there, but I wouldn't count on it. So yeah. they'll, I think they'll there's going to be a wrestling yeah. They'll probably do some sort of IWTV showcase of the Indies right. type, like collective type thing on their side too. too. You would yeah. think, <laughs> like they've been doing. But yeah, I yeah, mean, man, there's so many options. Right. I mean, it's just it's just going to depend. It's going to you're going to, and we'll definitely. That's when you'll see like who really survived through all of this and who did. Yeah. As far as as far as the promotions, is which promotions feel like they viably can run it even though i know that you know there's a lot of promotions that can run it only have 200 people there and they're still making out like bandits so because they're not having to pay for travel and and all of that stuff so right do you think do you think that um with new japan like you said they've had trouble trusting things do you do you think that they're gonna have problems with like their wrestlers losing an AEW? like do you think that they're gonna care i think it depends on who it is like anything Um, I think that's going to be the thing. I think, for example, like, I think, like, if you look at what happened with, with, uh, Suzuki and Moxley and Archer and Kingston, and you look at like 
the new what happened on New Japan Strong versus what happened on, you can see that they're willing to, to kind of play the game a little bit. Um, yeah. So I just think that like I don't expect them. I think there will be politics involved, but I don't think it's going to be like bad because I don't think it'll be anything that you wouldn't expect. Like, like if you expect the New Japan a New Japan champion to come to AEW and just lose off the bat, then you're being crazy because that's they're not right. going to do that. Not going to do that unless there's a bigger like I could see Tanahashi losing to Moxley in AEW only to go back to New Japan and then have the match and and Tanahashi win there that sort of thing. I I I think both sides pretty much know like what you can do and what you can't. What will be interesting will probably be next year's G1 because guys have to lose in the G1 and. So who's there? Who's not? What happened? Like that adds a whole other complexity to the G one. Um, Super good and bad. Can so, be crazy too. Yeah, I mean it's just going to depend. So, like Dante Martin and Super Juniors would be dope. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I could see, I could see them. I, I could see, I could actually see them doing two Super Juniors tournaments. I could see them doing a Japanese and an American one at the same time. And then having the finals be on a New Japan show in Japan, I could see them doing that because you have enough guy, you have enough guys that you could do that, and it would make it like a really big deal. Yeah, that'd be awesome. sick. Do like a like a legit World Cup type thing. Like, remember when TNA used to do like the like yeah the World, World Cup, Cup. Yeah, well, those were awesome. Like, and they were yeah. kind of standalone things. Like the storylines didn't matter. It was just about like the actual tournament. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, the, you didn't have the options that you had back then. So, like, a lot of times, I, that was the first time I ever saw some of these guys. And then I'm like, oh, my God, these guys are amazing. Bring them back. And then TNA wouldn't bring them back, right? Like, it was just like a one-off. And then you're like, oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, no, that, that that's the thing that I think TNA gets, um, for me, gets credit for. is just exposing me so much talent. Like, I, I didn't watch Ring of Honor, so to be able to see guys like AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels and so on, like, it was Alex Shelley and Jay Lethal. Right. And, I mean, it was just the who's who. Well, that's also, like, when we're talking just now about New Japan and them potentially having issues with certain people losing and stuff, like, I totally agree. Like, there's certain wrestlers who New Japan's going to want to protect because they're, like, their top draws or whatever, but... In most cases, I think that at this point, it doesn't matter what company we're talking about, whether it's New Japan, Ring of Honor, MLW, whatever, the like just to get the exposure now through AEW is worth it. Like you like yeah. because a lot of the time people are like, Well, what would be what would what would be uh you know, what benefit would AEW get by bringing in Jonathan Gresham? Or or what what benefit would Ring of Honor get out? It's like if Jonathan Gresham went to AEW and wrestled Brian Danielson on AEW, not only does Ring of Honor get a ton of promotion because of that, because people are going to go, wait, where is this guy wrestling this whole time? Oh, I got to be watching yeah. Ring of Honor to watch him. Right. And then AEW wins because they get to put on Brian Danielson versus Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. So, like, it's going to be mutually beneficial when you do stuff like that. It doesn't even matter who wins or loses because it gets more eyes onto the, these other companies. Yep. 
No, I'm like, with you. That, and that's, that's the whole thing with the pro wrestling versus Vince. It's just, it's so much bigger than just AEW, yeah, right? Dude, put Jacob Fachu on Dynamite for like one big match. People are going to go, wait, MLW, they're still doing stuff? Like, I didn't even really right. pay attention. Like, I'm going to start watching that again. I mean, it's. Yeah. I, I want, I want Davey to have like a one off in AEW versus like Omega or somebody just to like, I, win. I would love it. I wonder, I really do wonder if we're not going to see Davey until they're ready to do the bucks versus the wolves. Yeah. I really that's think it. that's what they would do because I think yeah. that's, that's the, like they show up and go, Hey, you keep saying you're all of this, you know, not with us. So yeah. I think yeah, that's that would the, be amazing. I would love that. Yeah. I would absolutely love that. All right, a couple more super chats, Chris Warden. Also, AJ versus Cena at SummerSlam 2016 was special for me. You had Mr. TNA versus Mr. WWE on the big stage with an electric crowd, and they tore the house down. Yeah, no, that was a really good yeah. one. Um, All their matches. I really, I really actually enjoyed WWE in 2016. There was a lot of good stuff there, and then with NXT and like AJ's run when AJ first debuted, like he he absolutely killed it. So, yeah, those those were those were some good times. And that's the thing, too. Like, if we had that plus what we have in AEW right now, like, right. man, you're talking right. about amazing stuff. And they're, they're capable of doing it. Like, the talent's there. It's just they're not. Letting the talent to do it. To <laughs> yeah. let the talent, you know, getting out of the way and letting the talent do their thing, which is I – don't, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. I, I just – I can't fathom it, especially – like – like Matt Cordona, like he leaves. Yep. That angle is so good that so it's not good. even funny. It, it's it's like and people who are not paying attention to it are just completely missing out. I think in a different way, but I think it's every bit as good as the Roman Reigns angle. It's just in a yeah. different kind of way, and it's like if you would have told people a year ago that this angle was going on, they would have went, "That's crazy," because it will never work. Yeah. That's the one thing. And the fact that he's made it work, which to me just shows even more of what WWE has missed out on him with. Because yeah. the guy got himself over to such a large extent. Um, you know, and and I think in WWE's mind, I think when people kept bringing him up as a guy they should push, I think they thought, oh, they think this guy should be like a main eventer. And I never heard anybody ever say that. It was always the same thing, is that he just needs to be elevated higher than what you see him as because yeah. that gimmick would absolutely work on a you know like an upper mid card level no question i always said i thought they should just team him up with with cena and he should be like cena's little job partner that he was the guy that always took the in the tags and yeah. or the guy that gets beat up to get to cena or he's the guy that comes out and rescues cena that whole thing that we never well, what's so what's so interesting with him too is like if you put him on a poster right you would think this is a wwe superstar this would be one of their guys that they would push to the moon and all that and for whatever reason they never believed in him and like he totally stands out when he's in a ring right. with the gcw guys jacked he's in amazing shape he looks like a wwe guy invading gcw He's such a big WWE mark also, so he does the throwbacks to the Macho King and Vincent from ECW, and, like, his creativity has been amazing throughout this whole thing. 
And a lot of this stuff has been built on the internet, which is what he, he was famous right. for, right? And so, like, especially for him to have that feud with Nick Gage, which, I mean, honestly, it's one of my favorite feuds of the year. Like, I love that feud so much. And then to be able to uh, still have a really solid feud with Effie, like, it just shows that this is – and then when I saw him in the Hammerstein Ballroom commercial, I'm like, oh, like, they view him as, like, a guy. Like, it's not just some gimmick that he's only going to use for, like, a month to get popular and then be nothing in Impact. And I think that's another thing that you struggle with, too, because it's like when you see him in Impact, it's like this is Zack Ryder WWE. This isn't the Matt Cardona GCW guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> when that's also – why I think his, his heel character works so well in, in GCW is because he's not just going in there doing all this WWE stuff. He got fired by the WWE on top of it. Yeah. So, like, he's yeah. simping for this company that fired him. Like, that yeah. makes him even more unlikable for that crowd. So, right. um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I love Matt Cardona, what he's doing. And it's night and day between him and Impact and him and GCW, but, like, what he's doing in GCW is incredible. And I've said it a thousand times. They need to make an action figure of him as the Macho King. That thing was, that was sick with that big crown and everything you wore. Like, a lot. Well, and the way that they did the Moxley thing was so perfect. I yeah. mean, he brings out Frank the Clown. The crowd is pissed. And then, like, <laughs> the Druids come out and one of them's Moxley. And, oh, man, it's so good. They, I was they so let that. down when I was like, oh, no, is G-Raver going to be? Yeah, I was. I was like, <laughs> and I was like. Why would Cardona have a death match with G-Raver? Like, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. Good stuff, though. All right, last Super Chat. Um, good day, fellas. Have you seen the Brett FMW channel on YouTube? It's awesome if you're into that kind of stuff. Love the show, guys. AEW rules. If you, if you want to know the history of FMW, and he goes, I believe the first one is just about um onita going all the way back from when he was supposed to be the guy the young yeah. guy in uh all japan um he goes through all of that it is it is absolutely an awesome channel that everyone if, if you like that stuff that's that is he does it's an amazing amazing channel um that should just get all sorts of loves and views and all of that stuff but i was going to bring up speaking of gcw um, especially for Steven, what do you think of the Psycho Clown and Effie match? Because to me, that was kind of weird. <laughs> it's very weird, but like Effie thrives in the weirdest scenarios. Yeah. Like I've seen him have matches on the indies and stuff where it's like him versus someone. It just you wouldn't ever imagine it'd be good, but he makes it good, or, or they both make it good. Right. Um, <laughs> Psycho Clown. It's wild. That's such, such a gimmick that would like only work in Mexico for so long too. Like right. And he's just killing it. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Like and Effie is so super over with GCW. Like yeah. he's 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 one of like their top five most over guys in the whole company, probably. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm 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 into it for sure. It's gonna be that'll be I'm, fun. I'm curious if it's gonna be like a prolonged squash, which it could easily be because you're talking about you know him taking on Psycho Clown, who is arguably the biggest star in Mexico. And, or if it's just going to be like them going out there and just having almost a comedy match. Because that's that's how I kind of see that going. Because I can't see them just having like a match. Right, because it'd be, <laughs> it'd be interesting to see like, you know, 
Effie like throws Psycho Clown, you know, to go against the ropes. Comes back and Effie's down on his knees. You know, right. the Psycho right. like, see how like Psycho Clown like, reacts to that. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. um, that's a good that's a good question though. I don't know because because they could really do both. I, I hadn't really thought about it too much. I wonder, I wonder if it'll be a comedy thing or more of just like a straight up straight up match, or if they'll get like real crazy with it. I don't know because they're also building. Like I'm assuming at Hammerstein, it's going to be uh, Chelsea and Cardona against right. Ally Catch and and Effie. Effie. So like, you know, I think Effie's a lot more viable to GCW long term, obviously, because like he's right, going right, to be there. Right. So yeah, right. I mean, I, 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 you figure this is like a one off type thing, and probably a let's see, probably probably also Psycho Clown seeing just how like what he can do in the U.S. Um, so they're, I don't know. I mean, that show sold out. So oh, and it sold out fast. So I'm kind of wondering, like, is it before they even announced him? So I'm wondering what that crowd's going to be like, or even if they understand like him. I mean, it's like probably the best mask in all of in all of pro wrestling. That mask is <laughs> so awesome, um, especially as a wrestling mask. But yeah, I, I'm just very interesting to me. So Josh, what what do you think of GCW at this point? Cuz like I I mean they're starting to get big, man. Like um, they're, they're selling out everywhere that they they're traveling for one, which is huge. They're selling out basically everywhere they go. And now they're bringing in names like they're they're hitting it bringing in PCO, Fandango, they brought in the Briscoes. Like this is starting to get I mean they're definitely big. they're definitely I think so I would have. I would say if you go back to like when Jungle Boy and um, like Marco Stunt and all that, when they were first getting started, where you really started seeing where they were good was was in GCW, and I think that over probably that period to now, you've really seen that that's where guys get their start as far as before they would go up to the next level. Um, and I think some people have been kind of like behind on that. Um, just because it's GCW, because of the deathmatch stuff. I mean, if you go back to that first spring break show, that yeah. show was great because yeah. it was so different from yeah. from from what everybody was doing on WrestleMania weekend. And then they turn around and they they do the blood sports stuff, which is you know nobody does that WrestleMania weekend. They've all kind of copied blood sport or. Uh, spring break but no one's done that um and they're still doing that so i think that's the biggest thing like like i look at it kind of like they know they continually adapt um they're always bringing in new people they're always finding new people i mean the fact that they found you know ninja mac was you know is says a lot, and that they were like, like, "Hey, Ninja Mac, Dante Leone, Jack Cartwheel, like they right. just keep finding people, like just right." And that's and, and that's and the indies needed that before WWE came in and started buying everybody up. They needed yeah. that before because you didn't have really that place because people would point to PWG, but the thing with PWG is PWG only uses like top established yeah. indie stars. That's that's always always one of my biggest gripes is that you don't see like the next up and comer really. You might see a guy from Mexico you've never heard of before, but they're usually an established guy. Um, well, or a the guy... thing is too is like PWG is California only, not live. Right. You had to wait for the DVD. Like right. GCW, damn near every 
other week, it's right. traveling, it's a new crowd, and it's pretty affordable on fight. Watch it live. Like, I mean, it, it, they have a nice setup going right now. Right. And it's so it's, I think it's just, so that's the way I look at it. I'm not the biggest deathmatch. I, I love a really good deathmatch. I think that's the thing. And sometimes I think they have deathmatches that are just deathmatches. And that's 100%. to me can get boring. That can yeah. get really boring really totally, fast. Totally. Agree. Um, um, just to do a death match. Um, because I will, and I, I was going to tell you guys, and I haven't said this, but I will probably be at the uh, Nick Cage inter, uh, Invitational because uh, I will be in Chicago at that point, at that time um, on a nice. business trip. And so I'm thinking about, so I pretty much, I've figured I'm going. Um, and it's weird that that would be my like, like first GCW show. And it's going to probably be, you know, it's a definitely a death match central Central show, but Al- Alice uh, Cologne versus Hero is going to be sick on that. Yes, show. that'll be like like just stuff I want to see on that show. But yeah. they're definitely like when you see some of the stuff that that they have on the deathmatch. Or my my biggest gripe with GCW is when they have the guys who primarily are deathmatch guys and rely on that so much, and then they have them with guys who are not. That sometimes does not work at all and the matches mm-hmm. just drag and you're just like can we get this over with now please because this is just yeah. not fun to watch but then you get like the scramble matches you get like 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 nick gage is just like he's such a presence that it's yep. not even funny um and everything else and like the young guys that you've never seen before it's just it's that part of it is really fun to me yep. especially seeing people who you don't normally see and I can kind of wade through the stuff that I don't like. And you will get a, a great death match every once in a while. And I love, love a great death match. Um, you know, that's one of the things that I think DDT does so well. Is that when they have a death match, it is usually great. Same thing with Big Japan. Um, when they when they have a really high profile death match, it almost always delivers. So that's one thing. I love that they've gotten so big because I, I prefer, like, even if PWG was, um, was on iPay-per-view and you could, and their shows were a lot more accessible, I would still probably like GCW better, um, only because I'm not big on either commentary team, but the way Pro Wrestling Guerrilla does their commentary drives me absolutely crazy. Um, I do not need basically hot <laughs> comedy for my for my comment for my especially when there's a match that I'm really into and I really want to see and it's not a comedy match and I'm getting on commentary nothing but comedy. Drives less me is crazy. more less yes is it more. Dri- drives me absolutely nuts with PWG. Yeah. I hate it. Um it's one of the things I like if you ever watched my videos and I would talk about PWG I would just rag on Excalibur about that because he does yeah. that a lot in PWG and it's like so when he when they did um, all in, and he was um, not like that, I was like, okay, this I can handle, because yeah. because all he's doing is just doing his job, and he's not doing the stupid comedy. Um, so, but because of that, I prefer like a, G- a GCW and other places over that because I don't want to just have to turn off the commentary and just watch a match. That's no fun. Yeah. Cool. yeah. And, and yeah, but some of the stuff you just said, like a lot of that's really true. And, and stuff I bring up too, with like, 
even if you're not into deathmatch wrestling, because I'm kind of like you are. Like, I love good deathmatches with good stories, but, like, I don't like deathmatches just for the sake of, like, people bleeding all over the place. Um, but even if you're not into deathmatches, I feel like GCW shows are still worth the money for everything else you get on it. Like, yeah. worst case scenario, maybe turn the main event off because it's a little too much for you to, like, want to watch. But, like, you're still getting the value there. And what I really, really, really love about what they're doing that I think is is probably the most important message of anything GCW is doing. They're doing all of this with no TV deal. So like the, the, the actual, like it's showing that this, there is a market for a company like this and they're willing to pay for it. And we don't like, I've seen people ask even in the chat tonight, like should GCW get a, a TV deal weekly and stuff? I don't think so. Like, I think they just keep doing exactly what I, they're doing. I would say the, the only way they get a TV deal is if they get a weekly show on fight. I right, exactly. Fight, I think fight because they are so you know fight is in bed with them. They are in bed with fight. I think that's very yeah. evident if you've been following it over the last two yeah. years. It would have been um, sweet if they did it on IWTV. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, you know, so I definitely think that if if fight thought they would be like, hey, we why don't you do a week? Why don't we start doing like a weekly show or even if it's just a a, a thirty minute you know, type of show. I think you would see that because you're definitely... I mean, we're getting to the point now where we're seeing video packages, we're seeing countdown shows, we're seeing replay, graphics, like HD cameras. Like, Well, definitely part of that is is that the guy that was doing them before went to WWE and now got fired from WWE and is doing it again. So I I believe that's the way it works. Um, well worth it. I mean, I it, mean, you can tell a huge difference. You know, and that's probably I would say the biggest obstacle that I've I know people have is that you know was the audio issues, the production yeah. issues. It wasn't you know the announcing to a degree because Kevin Gill would be a little yes. too a little a little too a little too. Um, I like Dave Prezak. I think Dave Prezak, Prezak does a good job. Yeah. But, and MLJ yeah. when they let him do the com. I mean, right. I think MLJ is the best ring announcer in the game, but he's, he's great awesome. on commentary he's too when, when he yeah. does it. So I think you have all of that, and I think it just works. Um, I, 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 and the other thing is, is if you watch GCW regularly, and then you watch like a spring break show, they are different types of shows because yeah. because they are definitely the Especially when they were on the midnight shows, it was a lot more comedy. The com- the commentary was like comedy. It was a bunch of dudes just going out there and having fun. Where like the blood sports show was the more serious show, and they made you know for the most part. So, so yeah, I think they're doing great. I think Brett Lauderdale is is super smart. I think you've definitely seen that with the fact that he, you know, the whole thing with Cordona. I think you can tell. Even if he's just stepping back and just letting him do his own thing, just to be able to do that and be like, "No, you do your own thing. This will work. Let's go," is yeah. is is amazing it, to it's me. It's all it's all very ECW Heyman esque, like we were saying with Brett yeah. too. From like the whole, like how how Paul Heyman would get so like just such buy in from his wrestlers and really be yeah. like. The right. y'all are the misfits, like just like that video package we were talking about right. GCW. Yep. Like y'all are the misfits of wrestling. We're gonna take everything that you're great at, and we're gonna turn that volume up. And anything that you might be lacking, we're gonna hide the weaknesses. Right. And 
they just let them go out there and do their thing. And it's, and right. it's working. And, I, and I'm with you too, by the way, yeah. if they did like a weekly fight TV show or something, I'm totally fine with that. I would just be really wary of like yeah. something that was on like cable TV or something. Cause they'd have to change so much. Yeah, they would, what they yeah, do there's the no company. way they would be able, there's yeah, no way no. it would be, it would be a good example. Of that would be like Nick Gage when he was in evolve, which was yeah. still him, but it was toned down just and it didn't work it didn't yeah. work at all even though he was he was still super over and people were but you could tell it just did not it wasn't the right fit at all um but yeah no i i i yeah like i'm looking super forward to uh blood sport this week like i'm looking because to me while it's not the most star-studded card and that doesn't mean it's not like star because it's got a ton of stuff i want to see on it but I do think that of the recent blood sports stuff, I think it is the deepest card. And I think that I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the day, it ends up being maybe the best one of these they've done um, just because of the guys they have there that all kind of fit. Cause you've had a lot of the blood sports where you've had like maybe two or three matches where guys just didn't fit the style and were just kind of thrown in there to like do their thing. Is is that the show? I know Dominic Greeny and Suzuki are having a match soon. Is that Bloodsport, or are they doing it on, on a different show? Do you know no, um, it's it's Suzuki and Dickerson. Oh, that's right. That's right. Or right. and that'll be that'll be yeah, yeah freaking <clears> awesome. Stiff. That's, that's, and then I can't be. I can't remember who Barnett's taking on. Um, and then they're letting which this is the match that, that they're what they're doing uh, Starboy Charlie and. Um, Oh, I can't think of the other young kid's name that they're they're doing a match that like be, another GCW kid. Yeah, is it like Nick Wayne or one of those? Yeah, guys? It's, it's, it's it's um starts with a Y. Oh, yo yeah, yeah. They're they're having which could be good. Oh, the guy that kicks could, out of everything. Yeah, or it could just be like, <laughs> it be, or it could just be like that's your that's your Mikey Whipper right right there. Jesus. I mean, yeah. honestly. Dude, um, yeah, that was that was wild that he kicked out of like a top rope tombstone and all that stuff the other week. But I, I'm a I'm a yo-yo fan. But yeah, I, I it's funny because even when I don't know what the card is for GCW, yeah. like it's fun because it's just like who's coming oh, out yeah. next? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like what's 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 gonna happen? All of that fun fun there. But I'll definitely be watching Bloodsport 100. Like I, I I love that style. I, I like how Par- like Paradigm Pro does uh, UWFI rule yes. shows and stuff. Like yeah. I, I love the kind of mixed, the hybrid kind of shoot fight type stuff. I think it still works in, in today's day and age. So very much so. Very 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 much so. Let me see. I'm just seeing if I can find the. Whole That's another okay. thing too. I like the Davies in the card too. I'm looking forward to seeing Davy in that style yeah. of match. Um, another thing too is they started LA fights, so yeah, it's, it's GCW, now yeah. they're going to really be able to get that California, like independent local guy that hasn't been discovered yet, and then they're going to find new diamonds. You know what I mean? And that's where PWG lacked. PWG wasn't using that much like local right. California talent, and and that's what I'm saying, man. Like GCW, like. They got that. They use it for like New Jersey, right? J- JCW or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they now have LA fights. Like they find ways to find new talent that that is always available. Well, they know that you know their talent is going to be swapped up sooner or later for the yeah. for, and so they've got you got to keep filling in, you know, 
that stuff. So that's just going to be it's. But yeah, um, so it's Barnett versus Tiger Russ is uh, the Barnett match, and then um, yeah, and then Davy Richards versus uh, Yumera, which that'll be insane. Um, Kratos versus Tankman, that'll be insane. Uh, yeah, Lawler's be taking on Alex Coughlin, that'll be really good. Um, and, and then then Suzuki versus Dickerson, and then uh, what Eric Hammer versus Bad Dude Tito, that could be all right. But yeah, I mean, I I think it'll be, I think it'll be surprisingly good show. Um, I think it'll be the first. GC or the first blood sport show that really I think is more probably what Barnett really wants this to be. Um, so, so will you be watching Rampage or will you be watching Blood? I will watch, I will watch, I will watch. It depends. I might, I might watch one and then the other because, um, they put up Rampage like really quick. So, I heard Rampage, like, I heard Andrade Pack 2 is a banger. Yeah. yeah, or or I might just stop watch Rampage. I did that with um, the last GCW show that was on the same time as as Rampage. Is I I stopped I stopped the GCW pay show, watched Rampage, and then went back. So yeah, um, Rampage is uh, it's just a, such a fast hour. Like it just yeah, goes by it's so like quick. Yeah. And go, it's great. Yeah, but okay, so we've got to wrap things up because it's getting late. But um, this weekend. You have Rampage on Friday. You have GCW presents Bloodsport, Josh Barnett, whatever presents Bloodsport. Um, you have on Saturday, you have uh, GCW War, which is going to be, I'm pretty sure it's the debut of the Briscoes in GCW, right? Yeah. Like they've never wrestled before. Yeah. Everybody's really looking forward to that. We have no idea what a Suzuki Nick Gage match is going to be like. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, that it's a stat card, basically all the established talents on the card. Um, and then you also have uh, Dynamite on Saturday, and which is Cody and Malachi Black 3, which I'm very curious to see what happens there because you don't run that match unless you have something planned to where like it's really going to develop a storyline of something. Um, and then uh, you also have Bound for Glory. Impact Wrestling is having – Bound for Glory, and uh, the main event there is Christian and Josh Alexander, and also Deanna Perrazzo versus Mickey James. So, uh, stack weekend, very stack weekend. Yes, for sure. Anybody watching this right now or watching the replay on Saturday night, myself and Jeremy Lambert will be doing the Impact Bound for Glory review for Fightful. So, if you want to check that out, uh, we may be doing GCW as well. If it isn't Saturday night, I'll probably review it Sunday for either Fightful's YouTube channel or for the Fightful Select Weekender podcast. So for GCW fans out there, there will definitely be reviews of Bloodsport and War over on Fightful on one of their platforms. But for sure, Bound for Glory on Saturday night. So join me for that if you're going you're gonna to be around for that. All right, so I guess that wraps up. Josh, do you have anything you want to plug? Nope, not really. I mean, I, I will probably, I will probably do um, at least, at least a bloodsport review because, because I love the bloodsport. That's like so right, right up my alley. And the fact that that's only a couple times a year, so it's not so it's like overstay its welcome. Um, I do wish they would. We could have like a really, really, really stat card where he brought in like a lot of people 
from a lot of different things, but I get yeah. they can't always do that. But um, but yeah, I'm 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 looking really really forward to that show, and then the the GCW show for exactly like just M- Suzuki and <laughs> and Nick Gage. They probably won't touch each other for like five minutes. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I can definitely see see that. So, yeah, I, I just if it's just going to be a straight up wrestling match, I, I don't know how Nick Gage hangs in there for that. But um, who knows? See what happens. I think the crowd's really going to be into it, and they have a, usually a pretty hot crowd in uh, L.A. So those shows have always been good so far. So yeah, for those I'll of you watching, it. make sure to watch Josh's videos. He slay. I still watch all your vids, man. I feel I I feel like I missed out on the AEW crate. I wanted that Sting Micro Brawler. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you? Oh yeah. yeah. Like like I will say right now that that I know it was the first crate, so you don't know like how they're gonna be. And for the most part, like the regular PWT, like because I like so much old school stuff. My wife loves old school wrestling. Like there's usually it's always a win. That one she was like, ah. On, except for the skateboard, she really liked the skateboard. She thought the skateboard was cool, but um, but yeah, that's definitely. I would say that's something to 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 keep an eye out for is the uh, all elite crate. That was that was some cool stuff. So yeah, I canceled my regular PW my pro wrestling tees crate or whatever like a few months back because I just didn't feel like I was getting my full value most months. Right. But then I saw that Sting Micro Brawl and I was like, damn it, I wish I would have done the trade. <laughs> <laughs> and they're only and there's all they're only four times a year so it's yeah. like 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 their pay-per-views yep yep that's yep. why they're, they're gonna put them out like right before right like, yeah, they're, like, yeah they're they're all um pay-per-view themed so smart it's cool stuff that'll probably be a christmas gift for me for my to myself this year i'm gonna <laughs> put, my, put myself on that <laughs> aw crate so awesome. but yeah thanks, thanks yeah. for joining us man for real oh like, no problem it, not a problem awesome. I, I was glad because lot there was a lot to talk about and yes yes there was so much to talk about for so sure and it's it's tough to just like just sit by yourself and post a video oh, yes. and, and, and like, like, all of what's yeah. going on you i just, forget you, i forget like, stuff yeah, and you're and you're always sure. you're recording your shit like 10 times it seems like you're always like well i just recorded this we try this one again right well usually when i do that it's because i get interrupted because normally i just like okay we're gonna go and i've always been yeah. like that and, and back in the day they would all laugh they were like how many times do you like i was like maybe <laughs> twice if i get interrupted so i just i just go and like back when you could only do 10 minutes i would be sitting there watching the clock like you could probably see videos where i would be watching the clock and trying okay yeah. i got it you know so yeah I remember those days. <laughs> and I, I remember, like, me and Bill, like, uh, we either I would do really good on our promo or whatever we wanted to say, or he would do really good, and then we would mess up, and we'd be like, damn it, like, run it back. Like, restart the camera, and, you know, and, like, you know what you're going to say, right? Like, yeah, you know, okay. Like, I wish we had a bloopers, because, I mean, we, we would have an amazing video if we had bloopers back then, but... Those are the good old days. But, yeah, if you guys haven't, please hit that like button. Please subscribe if you haven't. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, Doug and True Slayer doing a video and all this. So it's like, I guess it's the first time they've seen us do a video. Yes. We have done previous videos if you want to look back. Um, also, Bill and I did a video with Steven um, to check out if you want to see that. Um, just kind of like a recap of what he thinks. All I can say is Bill's very heavy in AEW, loves AEW. 
Um, I've so, been behind the scenes trying to get Bill back on. For anyone watching and, and, and wants to know, I've been <laughs> I've been hitting up Doug saying Bill's over here tweeting about AEW, man. Like we got to get him on the show. So I'm I'm putting him on the spot. I'm pushing for it for all you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure eventually I'll get him again. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a fun time right now to be a wrestling fan. Josh, thanks so much for tuning in, coming in, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. Skull Vikings. Go Cowboys.